Welcome back to Squawking Dead after a long hiatus. Woohoo! You like how I did that out of nowhere? Yep, that was awesome. <laughs> We've got spontaneous. Lot- Don't talk over. <laughs> <laughs> we got to shake it loose, Carol. We got to shake it loose. I know, I know. Do you know why we have to shake it loose? Well, why? We, we get to ask for something that happened. Okay, <laughs> we have to shake it loose because this is our first YouTube live stream. Yes, yes. We're officially on air. Yep, absolutely. I can hear you so good right now. That's awesome. That's very exciting. I'm pretending like the stream cut out. Okay. (laughs) 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 All right, so everybody, we have a lot to talk about this week on Squawking Dead. After being away for several weeks, (laughs) it sounds like it feels like it feels like we haven't done this in forever. It really, truly does. We've got our notes ready. You are listening to what normally is cut out and edited. (laughs) You're going to hear all the glorious what we call in the business. (laughs) Mouse farts, crunchy <gasps> noises, likes, ums, and all those beautiful things that most of you love so much. It's called raw. This is like raw. We're doing it live. Yep, exactly. No filter. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to actually have Carol kind of run the show because this is how it should have been from the beginning. <laughs> it should have been Carol's baby. She should have birthed it. But then came Dave with his male body trying to birth the show as a male person. And it didn't work. And he was left bruised and burnt broken. He's still standing, though, as evidenced by this. <laughs> I mean, I'm in a wheelchair, but I'm okay. No, no we're not the youngest, we're the youngest chickens. Yeah, you know, no. but that's okay. I'm too right. old to give birth. It's okay. To a show. It's all right. Still here. You won't hold yeah. it against me. No, I am very excited though that I get to actually like. I I would took this very seriously, by the way. I literally used my lunch hour, as you know, to put together like a little agenda for this. Oh, I need I, to organize my thoughts. Oh, definitely. We or at least our talking points. Yeah, there's a lot of material, and I feel like it's just ramped up even more in these last. A uh, couple of weeks just because of the, the hype machine starting to ramp up again. Oh man, if anything that has taught us anything in the mm-hmm. last several weeks is that even bad press is good press. Yeah, so pretty much. Yeah, I mean, and, and so much of it has come out in, in all different varieties too. Like, even the last few days, mm-hmm. there have been some really cool things. And, you know, obviously, we will get into it. Well, I figure, why don't we just start with some general news? Just like general news before we delve into Comic Con and theories and the trailer and all of that. There's been, you know, like you said, a lot of things that have been kind of coming out recently and a lot of little, um, I don't know, I feel like little teasers, not actual teasers, but little things to start getting people like kind of ramped up and into, you know, the new season of Fear, obviously, that's coming up first and then Walking Dead, which is actually starting a little earlier than usual because Walking Dead is coming back, I want to say, October 7th. And typically, it doesn't start that early in October. Usually, they try to coincide it with Halloween most of the time, generally, I would say. So I was surprised that it was a little earlier this year but i'm very excited because um maggie has had the baby by this point which is very exciting and according to vanityfair.com it seems that they are kind of following the comic and the baby's going to be named after herschel so that's oh that's your jerker that's awesome i did not know that obviously i didn't know that i'm not the guy i'm not the comics reader i'm the comic nerd here so so i think it kind of hit me a little harder because it just came out of 
nowhere. Baby, baby boy Herschel. Bouncing baby boy Herschel. Bouncing baby boy Herschel. The other thing that was pointed out on uh, comicbook.com, and I mean, I kind of noticed it too, just from watching the trailer and all of that. It's like a little nod to like season one, episode one with uh, Rick on the horse. And it totally took me back to, you know, the pilot when he's on the horse going into um, into Atlanta on the highway and all of that. So it's kind of cool. And I think that they even mentioned in the article that it is the actual horse. Well, actually, the horse, he's not using the original horse from season one. I think it is. Oh, I or, is it right. just an, or is it just meant to like harken back and kind of like nod to it? Is that the idea? No, no, no. The original horse is being used, but not by Rick. Oh, so the original horse is in fact being used. Because I knew I heard something about the original horse and I was like, really? That's I mean, correct. it has been. And not only that, they, they what they did with it with that horse, I mean, it's nice to harken back, but they actually like covered up the original mark. They basically took the horse, the real life horse that you wouldn't cover up markings on and any imperfections and they actually like covered those over and all that stuff and I, I don't mm-hmm. know why exactly but they wanted to make it different than the year one horse the season one horse so what the lifespan of a horse is oh Man, god I gotta, now I gotta look that up <laughs> from birth <laughs> to factory yeah oh, <laughs> so. the other big news you know we were waiting to find out what the the outcome was gonna be was the whole Chris Hardwick thing right. that was big news for a while right and I was kind of surprised when it got resolved I, I kind of forgot about it in a way when it was like oh Yvette Nicole Brown is taking over and I just kind of accepted that as like that's what it was and then I forget all of a sudden you heard no whatever investigation was done didn't turn up any uh, fruit basically any irregularities any irregularities and he is coming back which I'm I'm you know I'm happy for because I am you know we've talked about this before it's like I, I think Chris Hardwick is uniquely qualified to be in the position that he's in he strikes a good balance of not overwhelming the show with his personality because you kind of have to let the people on the panel shine but right. he does play the role of a good moderator comic book fan based on like ratings alone I mean he he's he, he does a good job so I am really happy to hear that the investigation concluded the way it did same here so. and I think the way you did that before with oh not inserting too much of his personality I feel like you're leading into the idea of what and and, and this is not to poop on her in any way but even mm-hmm. Nicole Brown kind of did that a little bit too much yeah i mean she has her own distinctive personality which is nothing against it there's nothing wrong with it but the thing is that when you're in that role it's it's almost like you're a judge or you have to kind of play this impartial sort of like i'm a moderator here and i can't necessarily lean in one particular direction or be like super huge negan fan or super michonne or you know like you you can't necessarily play that card because you're you're moderating this discussion and you want to have this dialogue on what's going on and I think that the problem with her was that she was already a guest on the show. So she kind of was playing that card because she was a guest, you know, she was a guest on the show. So of course she's going to be, you know, inserting her own personality just as every guest has their personality. So it's kind of hard to go from that to being this moderator type role. Right. She was coming from a position of being more color commentary, being right. a guest on the show, like you were saying. Yep. The color commentary being, oh, I can insert my comments here and there and that that will just add more flavor to the show. Whereas, right, exactly. Well, I, I, let me tell you one thing that irked, irked me but again it's it's a criticism it's not a knock on Yvette Nicole Brown yeah 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 and it's completely fair 
and I think she would agree to this. <laughs> she does a lot of the things that we do when you and I are talking one on one, which is right. yeah, yeah, okay, okay, like responding back and forth. Mm-hmm. When she was doing it on the show, I felt like the one thing that Chris does that's very interesting is that he really does not go uh huh uh huh yeah while the other guests are talking. So that's yeah. one level. That's a good of point, that, right? That's and, a good and, point. and allows them to kind of say what they need, and then he kind of bounces back. And I don't know. I always kind of wondered how he was able to find the right place when they were talking to kind of insert himself and cut either cut them off but like you couldn't tell that he cut them off kind of thing and then kept it's not an easy skill it's not something that's just easily done like he's very good in his particular role he knows how to keep the show on track exactly like you can't just kind of let guests kind of it can't become a free-for-all or or whatever so he's very good at at kind of keeping the pace where it needs to be and i mean sometimes you know he is hyped up and he has energy where it's like okay now we're gonna you know say goodbye to this it's okay five four three two one go you know like he he, yeah he keeps pace as he needs to right. but he definitely does not overpower at all with like come on guys let's like he's not he's not rushing guests whatsoever and it, it's a fine skill in terms of knowing okay I'm, we, we need to have this interview we need to have this discussion we need to move on now to this we need to you know talk about this and it's he is doing it but we can't really feel it I don't no, think we don't the guests feel it. feel it no that, and yeah. that's why he does it so well or that's why I say he is doing it well because it doesn't feel forced it doesn't feel uncomfortable or anything of that sort it just flows he knows what he needs to do and how to approach things in order to let the discussion flow and then kind of move from that into the next phase of the show whatever that is that's a large part of the success of this show oh yeah 100 percent. that's only one layer of it though but Mm -hmm. the the layer that really uh i don't want to say got under my skin but i was kind of like you you know when you do that kind of awkward like thing yeah exactly cringe worthy is is the way she would you know when you when you're starting to talk and then she goes "Uh uh-huh yeah uh uh-huh yeah and then kind of like at the end of what the person's trying to say Uh she tries to finish their sentence Mm, and that really got me you know what I mean? Like yeah. that. That was like, oh God, just let her, just let her, let her finish. Let uh, right. Angela Kang finish with you. Oh, please, you know, please, don't right? Do that. Don't do that. Yeah. I, I, what do you think? It's like a overzealous, like a sort of. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Oh, I do that. Finisher. I do that to you all the time. I that's know okay. that I do that to you all the time. I, I, I maybe you know what? I guess that's just part of our repertoire because I don't even notice it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I I know that I do it first of all, but second of all, I know that it's largely a New York thing? I don't know if she's from hmm. New York. That's a good question. And I wonder if it is a New York thing because I noticed that for me, I have a tendency of uh, interrupting people. And I've, I'm, But I'm conscious of it. I'm conscious of it and I try to be very mindful of it because sometimes I do. I get like all uh, into what I'm saying and I want to kind of jump in but I have to sort of like mind my P's and Q's and just remember, okay, my time will come soon. And, you know, just maybe, maybe, maybe it is a tri-state New York area thing. I don't know. Side note, I was told hmm. by I was told by one coworker that another coworker like who uh, an older woman in my office who I don't necessarily work with and I, she doesn't really know me I don't really know her but I guess she's seen me in the kitchen quite a bit when I'm you know you most don't of the know time me. sorry I well just I know that that's what it's leading to but I mean. I, I guess she's seen me a lot of times when I'm in the kitchen and that's usually when I'm chatting with people because it's, you know, by the coffee machine or whatever. And I think she commented and, and asked, like, who is that girl? You know, I always see her lecturing people. I'm like, I don't <laughs> lecture people. <laughs> <laughs> lecture, oh. Imagine, I don't lecture people at all. I We have conversations. In my mind, they're conversations. In my mind, in my universe, they're conversations. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, so good. So good. Maybe I need to step outside of myself and really analyze this. I think we need to talk about this. Yeah, you right? Know? Yeah. Lecturing, the word lecturing. I was like, I don't lecture people. Really? No, no. no. I'm supposed to say no, right? <laughs> I don't know what to do right now. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I'm kidding. But yeah, yeah. I, you know you don't do it on the show, so that's that's no. one thing. But no, I don't. You know. I don't do it in life at no. all. But I see what your point is with with Yvette Nicole Brown, and that's why I say that not just anybody can jump into that role. You just can't. It, it, it's just it's not just anybody off the street can say, yeah, I can host a show. Sure, it's not that simple. No, I would say not. Actually, she did a lot better than I expected her to. What on the panels and all that? Well, I did. You know, I didn't see the panels, and I feel bad. And I was going to a couple nights ago mm-hmm. while I was doing some research mm-hmm. but I didn't Life. I actually kind of just more or less got sidetracked by clips and I just started yeah. kind of just like wandering off and then like I, I meant to watch the panels that she yeah. did and I actually tried to no in my own defense I actually did try to on demand uh, on the web and on on the AMC page yeah. and it wouldn't come up for some reason I don't know why and I was signed into my cable provider and everything but yeah, yeah there are some things that are that were easier to see like a lot of the panels from Comic Con and this is kind of leading into Comic Con in general which was next on my list of things to discuss. I mean, I saw a lot of it through, yeah, actually mostly Instagram. So as things popped up, I was like, oh, okay, let's check out this panel. But I didn't listen to like the full panels. I saw some of the panels where Andrew Lincoln was talking about his departure because he confirmed it on the panel. So it's no longer a secret, no longer speculation. That's for sure. They talked about how there's going to be more of a focus on like the ladies of the show. So there'll be more. I mean, you kind of see that. I mean, Michonne's always, you know, at the forefront. I mean, you know, Maggie will, Carol will. I see a lot of Rosita in the trailer too, so she's definitely going to be uh, a presence. One of my favorite things from the panels at Comic Con actually was that there was um, the guy from ComicBook.com that specifically covers The Walking Dead. He's one specific guy, and I want to say his name is like Brandon Davis. He was all over that, and so he was hosting things all over the place. And he had uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, you know, Negan, and Andrew Lincoln, Rick, on a couch. He was kind of interviewing them, and you know, talking about Rick's departure, of course, from the show and blah 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 but then they did this little spoof which was really funny and to me because I knew the movie so Andrew Lincoln is a British actor and many 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 moons ago before he was on The Walking Dead he was in a movie called Love Actually which I don't know if you've seen yes of course You ha- okay. I don't remember it again but it's one of those movies that you can kind of that'll happen but it's yeah. one of my favorite Christmas movies it's not even supposed to be a Christmas movie but it's become one of those movies that's shown every single Christmas because it takes place during Christmas even though it's not technically a Christmas movie but in any case premise of the movie is numerous different situations and how they all kind of come together and and it's all about like love and and romance and whatever but not all of the situations and with a big beautiful bow wrapped on top you know it's kind of like the reality of like yeah this is love but sometimes love is unprided sometimes this happens is you know this is what it goes so to me like the most romantic scene in the movie involves Andrew Lincoln kind of professing his love to his best friend's wife but he doesn't tell her he stands outside her door with these signs that he kind of like kind of drops as he's basically confessing how he feels about her. And so they reenacted that on the couch with Jeffrey Dean Morgan basically <laughs> professing his love for Andrew Lincoln. And it was kind of funny, and professing his love in his upcoming departure, whatever. But the funny thing is that it was word for word from love, actually. And it oh, worked really? perfectly in the oh, scenario. Wow. Like it was like literally the same thing. The only difference was that like on the, in the movie, it's like, oh, in Christmas time, you tell the truth. And, you know, here it was like, well, it's Comic-Con. During, so during Comic-Con, you tell the truth. And, you know, I think like in the movie, he's... <laughs> Ideally. Loves, yeah. And in the movie, I think he... Um, 
shows them a slide saying, you know, like, and my wasted heart will love you until uh, you look like this, which is like, like a mummy or something. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, like a walker. Con- yes, exactly. It was perfect. I mean, it was like spot on. I was like, this is perfect. You barely had to change anything. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty cool that they were able to do that. I did I did hear about that gag. And, um, Speech gag. And I, I didn't know if it was worth for it. But you know how it is. Like, I, I, you skim something, and then you, if you really don't pay attention, this is what happens. But, but yeah, I, I'm actually kind of pleased that it was almost word for word with what happened. But I've watched that movie too. That's so sweet, though. And the other thing that I noticed on the same note as Comic-Con and the Instagram posts that people were putting, there was like a video that I don't remember who it was who posted exactly. And it was like a group of them, the core group, uh, you know, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Andrew Lincoln, Denai Guerrero, Michonne, Lauren Cohen, Maggie. And they were kind of in a, in a group. And all of a sudden, like one of them sees something and goes and hugs this person. And they all then go and give her like a group hug or whatever. And it was Sasha, actress that played Sasha. Aww. And I forgot that she is on Star Trek, the new Star Trek. That's it right. made sense that she was there. I was like, gosh, such a small world. And they don't skip a beat. They start crying when they see each other. It's, they did. It's this thing, man. Yeah, it was very sweet. It was very, very sweet. So they're 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 a tight little family, these so guys. What, so what you're trying to say is go watch the, the panel. And the go footage. watch some of the panels. They're pretty funny and they're pretty cool. And it's it's always amusing. I didn't see much for fear. I saw certain things. Actually, I was more entertained by fear by the things that were doing not on the panel. Jenna Elfman is, is amazing, can I just say? She's you may. awesome. She's, she's amazing. And her Instagram is so joyous. And so when she was out there, she was they were like running on the beach and making sandcastles and all this sort of stuff. I was like, I think you all having a great time. You I mean, should. That fear family, man, seriously. It's a good vibe. It's good energy. I totally admire them. It, what, what, the thing that I like the most is is how into each other they are, really. You see all the comments from, from all the crew commenting yes. on other things, even when they're gone. Yeah. You know, like Kevin Zegers, obviously. I mean, you know, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't caught up thus, thus far. But yeah, I mean, Kevin Zegers and, and, you know, all the other people that kind of had to kind of went away. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, oh, what, what's his name? Sebastian Sozi, the guy who mm-hmm. played Cole. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, they're all, they're all like in each other's corners, even though they're gone. And it, it's just so cool. I think that there is a level of camaraderie among that group. And I feel that part of it stems from the fact that they are kind of like, I don't know, the bad news bears in a way. They're kind of in the shadow of like the juggernaut that is Walking Dead, even though they're it's great in its own right, you know, definitely like this season for sure. But you know, they're always going to be the little the little brother. The little Walking Dead that could. Yeah, they're no, always, but, you know what I mean? Like they're yeah. always going to be, but there's a close and there's a close-knit nature about them because, you know, they are in this, in their own little category and because you have such new blood there. And I think also is that they're really for the most part embracing this sort of kind of Walking Dead universe and fandom. I think that they're really embracing it. I think that they're really receptive to uh, feedback fans and things like that. Like you can just see like they're just very interactive. Well, um, the circle's a lot closer, you know. A little, yeah. Yes, they, they are tired in it. It's a smaller cast, smaller, I mean, I, I would assume slightly smaller crew than The Walking Dead. But I would assume, yeah. But I mean, in terms of fandom though, even that's a, cl- a tighter circle, you know. Yeah, of, definitely. Fans, you know? And so you, they can be more intimate with them they can react to more posts i mean especially jenna elfman she's insane she's insane she's amazing (laughs) like that she's so insane that she will go on to actors instagrams from the walking dead like she has nothing to do with them and yet she's all about them you know i don't think she's 
personal friends with many or any of them, but she'll but do she, that. She's full on into it. She's incredibly receptive to, to fans and people. And she's just, you know, she's all in. I'm all in. I'm, you know, I, I love her character. I mean, you know, like between her, John Dory, Althea, I'm, I'm in. I'm sold. Not for nothing, but you can kill off everybody before. And I, you know, I mean, that would suck, I guess. But I mean. <laughs> I, 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 get, I don't know. <laughs> people are getting killed left and right. I, I guess I'll be upset. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like I would be upset, but Quick I mean, not oh well, <laughs> not as, but but not as upset. It's like if you if something happened to June slash oh. Naomi slash. <laughs> Slash June Laura. slash Naomi slash Laura. Yeah. Like if something happened to her or something happened to John Dory, I would not be pleased. I would not be pleased. It's that level. It's that level right now. This is what's In a happening. very short amount of time too. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Which oh. says a lot. And also fear is giving us something that we have not really seen. And we've been talking about this for some time. We are going to see a zombie cane for the first time. First oh, time. So I, I was going to say Walker NATO. But yeah. I, I, I thought about it, but I was like, no, it really is a zombie. Zombie cane. It is, it is a, a hurricane. It is. It is a hurricane because I saw. I, I think they have like a promo with like a, a walker, and then the eye of the walker. You have like a storm like churning. Yeah, you know, if Sharknado has taught us anything, is that people want to see what happens when you take something that's already ferocious and intimidating, like sharks, or in this case, you know, walkers, and then yeah. combine it with the natural elements that already make it a dangerous situation. And what do you get? <laughs> it's it's like Sharknado. It's like Sharknado. Absolutely. Completely. And I mean, Sharknado was a hit, kind of. That's true. Oh, God. I hope this doesn't catch on. Like, there's a part of me that's kind of like, no, Fear the Walking Dead is ours. It's mine. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it doesn't get popular in that way. (laughs) I mean, that's that's what's going to happen. Well, I think the other thing that's interesting about Fear, well, and also Walking Dead, I should say, is just there's a lot of interesting things in terms of the type of characters we'll we'll see, which we'll get to it in terms of all the new characters and Mm -hmm. new cast members and all of that. But I think, uh, you know, Fear is forging its own path, which I think is cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's just the beginning. I'm like, okay, the quote-unquote gimmicky side of it aside, mm-hmm. every little thing is kind of like an anchor, like the, the walker the walker, I was going to say walker nato again. Mm-hmm. What, what did you call it again? Uh, uh, wa- uh, zombie cane. Zombie cane, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you can't call them zombies. Wait, hold on a I, second. I know, but it's hard to do walk, walk a cane? Walk a cane. It just sounds odd. Infect a cane? I don't know. Oof. Her infected? No. That sounds, I, I apologize for that because it sounds like I'm calling you infected. It's just, yeah, it doesn't work. Her it's infected. Hard. I feel like it has to be like, I mean, I know we don't call them zombies technically, but you know. Right. Hey, I'll, I'll go with zombie king, but that's that's just like the backdrop. There's that, and then there's you you got each individual character trying to cope with what happens after. And that's kind of interesting right. because the whole Carl idea of what happens after in terms of The Walking Dead is more of a positive thing, whereas right. with these guys, it's more of like, okay, my life has been chewed up, spit out, regurgitated, put in the second stomach, mm-hmm. digest put into my mouth and put in the third stomach mm-hmm. and so what am I now? Mm-hmm. So you've got you know you've got Charlie I mean just to start Charlie's has like these nihilistic mm-hmm. dangerous tendencies and deny, deny Luciana's going through her own thing where she doesn't really know what the purpose of life is you mm-hmm. kind of see Morgan kind of going off but also being himself he's trying to be himself but he's, he's also trying to find purpose mm-hmm. Dory's holding it together so there's yeah you see like these things here here and there where oh and Alicia oh Alicia 
the, the previews have been very kind to her, but also in terms of yeah. the doom and gloom factor. Yeah, I mean, kind of has a right to be. I think she's. She, it looks like she's kind of caught between being the Madison type and mm-hmm. helping people and bringing people in, but also kind of putting herself in crazy harm's way. Kind of borderline suicidal. Yeah, uh, yeah, kind of like a paratrooper that isn't sure mm-hmm. that either parachute will work. Right, <laughs> and so sort of like fuck it, whatever. Yeah. It is what it is. Why not? Why not? It's interesting. I'm very interested to see what the direction is for the second half of the show just because we spent this first half I I mean honestly I thought that the conflict with um, the vultures was going to be the theme throughout the this season I mean apparently it doesn't feel like that's the case because we kind of got through that by the mid-season finale so where do you go from here what is the what trajectory are they going to go down the reason why that's actually really interesting and you did bring this up uh, in the last episode that we had the vultures it it is kind of like a lot like Terminus as you mentioned in the last right. episode. It makes it seem as though the vultures really are the tip of the iceberg. They were something. They were a little mm-hmm. bit of a backdrop. They needed some sort of temporary enemy. Right. But I think the real thing is about the people. Like what gets in the way? What you know? What do they do from here? Yeah. You know, how, how do they grow or descend as people? Mm-hmm. And of course just to kind of announce it right in the middle of that which kind of adds to this conversation is that they picked up season five during this. So what makes that this conversation so interesting is that this is going to go somewhere mm-hmm. and whether it ties into what we've said about the two shows merging or them having like an arc where it kind of reaches a peak where both both shows touch ends at the end of it maybe at the end of and, and, and anything is possible because as you know Fear the Walking Dead ends uh, and then the Walking Dead starts the week just the week after it sounds like yeah yeah so the, the, the the back eight and then uh, the first eight of uh, TWD season nine mm-hmm. so what's really interesting is that this could be something that just goes succession after succession after succession. So they may thread in Fear the Walking Dead during, let's say, TWD, TWD's mid-season break. Yeah. And so yeah. What, could, what could really happen is you get to the end of Fear the Walking Dead because it's going to go like this. TWD season nine starts, mm-hmm. you start uh, Fear the Walking Dead season five during that break. And then, mm. that, and then the back eight of TWD season nine starts and then you get the back eight of Fear the Walking Dead season five where they could join up. Very interesting. Yeah, isn't it? I don't think mm. they'll do that. Not really. I mean, if I'm being realistic, because they've spaced, they've often spaced these shows really widely apart. Right. Because they're also using the same showrunners mm-hmm. between both shows. So uh, it, it could be something. I didn't write it this on my notes. Something. I mean, I think that this is one of those things that like, I feel like there has to be a bigger picture in mind. I don't know what that is. I mean, this is totally something that could be interweaved. Well, you, you um, want to hear some interesting things? Uh-oh. Yeah. The, I mean, we're on this subject, so I'm going to mention this. But I actually saw it. this weird cutscene. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's like one of those, because after I saw this cutscene, I saw something. Uh, like a random clip of Kirkman saying something about planted scenes. Uh-huh. So now I don't know. But um, hmm. I saw this clip of Morgan talking to Alicia. And okay. he's addressing the notes that he's finding on bodies and on walls and whatever saying help, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes to her. And first of all, he thinks it's her. Like she's the one writing the notes. So he thinks, oh, you're crazy. Why don't I take you back east with me? Because I'm going back. So there's two things here. Hmm. One, Morgan is talking about going back to Alexander or wherever he's going to go huh. uh, in, in the process of talking to Alicia saying you want to come with me. Mm. So isn't that interesting? Yeah, that is very interesting. Hmm. So this all kind of ties together, Carol. <laughs> it, no, it does. I mean, look, if it weren't for, for some of the new casting, I would, I would, you know, you know how I feel about. Of course. But uh, about the yeah. big theory, which is fine. You could just say it. <laughs> we right. talked about it. I've talked about it numerous time about like the whisper war and if fear is going to be, if the fear characters are going to play a role in that, 
that. I mean, it doesn't seem like that's the case from what has been shared in terms of casting news, which we'll get to. Sure. But I, I'd be very curious to how they merge these shows because I do feel like that is the bigger picture. I think that's the end goal or the end game. And I'm sure that they would say, it's like, well, we have a master plan of how this is all going to happen. And I mean, they probably do, I guess. And that's very interesting, the idea of like Morgan heading back. What is he coming back to? Exactly. Or whether he's going at all. And that's right. entirely possible that, he, that yeah. he's bringing this up as an idea. And then later on down the road, he decides not to do it. That's perfectly fair. But that whole thing that, that I saw afterwards about Kirkman purposefully filming scenes <sighs> to misdirect people. Which is why, and I was just talking to a friend about this today, I almost sort of really am looking at the whole Rick departure situation with a little bit of skepticism in the sense that this is a huge thing to leak. It right. Just seems... Or to allude to, let's say. You're, or you're talking about the actual idea of Andrew Lincoln uh, leaving the yes. show? Or yeah. what, the, what people the... have alluded to thereafter? Because we, we were gone for a while, so you got that we had the news of him leaving. Right. I we just... also had the rumor mill, and then we also had what showrunners Angela Kang said, and what a bunch of other people have alluded to as well, as well as Kari Payton on Talking Dead and, and stuff. Right. I mean, it just seems like, well, two things. It's like, part of me is like, when you have a main character, the main character that's on the show. Right. The guy who's I, been there from the beginning. Who's been there from the beginning. Who is your star of the show? It just seems very odd to me that his departure would leak. They held on hard to the information on Glenn and Abraham. The only reason that the Spoiling Dead got that information is because they're, I, I assume, to be very aggressive. But it wasn't because it leaked. It was they're just aggressive in getting their info. And, yeah. yeah, of course. But in this case, I'm like, oh, really? It would leak? And also, I would think that when you have an actor like Andrew Lincoln that's been on the show since the beginning, that this decision doesn't come lightly and it doesn't happen from one day to the other or from one week to another or from one month to another. I have to think or I have to wonder how long have they known about this? How long has this been discussed? How long has this potentially been in the works in terms of how this is being executed? Because I can't imagine that he would just decide from one day to another like, you know what, guys? Like, like randomly, I'm, you're saying? Yeah, like it, I just feel like this is his career and this is, you know, this is essentially a job. It's almost like giving notice. Like you don't just sort of arbitrarily decide, hey, you know what? I don't think I want to do this anymore. So you guys better figure out how to write me out right now. Like, it doesn't, you know, these things are like thought out with time, I think. Yeah, I well, think. I would say this much. There's two things here. One, the easiest way to kind of maybe explain the lead up to this is that you have to remember that they stopped filming around the time that uh, the back half of season eight aired, maybe mm -hmm. a month or two after. No, no, yeah, yeah, probably. Because, you know, they have the, the, the back eight and you have a couple, I think a couple weekends off for certain holidays and stuff like that. But right. yeah, I mean, basically when they're ready to air the back eight, they've already done filming and maybe mm -hmm. they're doing some post-production, whatever it's going to be. So if he decides to leave around the end of mid-season break, let's say, of season eight, well, then he's got several months to really, from the time he stopped filming, told them about it. And then depending on who, you know, loose lips sync ships and all that stuff. Right. And I, I feel like it might have, I feel like it actually might have been Michael Satrazimus that, that actually leaked it because he was the first one to kind of openly say out loud, I'm going to miss you, Andrew, and blah, blah, blah. Really? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he thought that it had already been kind of said out loud by so many people because somebody leaked it. And so he was, I think he was the first one to kind of say it out loud because when, I, I think when news agencies actually reported it and confirmed it, he had actually said it out loud on Instagram. It's like, we'll miss you, Andrew. And he was an executive producer on The Walking Dead at one point. At certain points, you know, the showrunner. But yeah, it's just funny. Uh -huh. So there is, there has been enough lag. 
it's been a couple months, right? So yeah, uh, from the time we we heard it, probably midway even into um, Fear the Walking Dead's you know season four. So you know we hadn't heard it until like near the end of that. So he'd he'd known for several months, or he'd he'd been discussing with them for several months. And uh, obviously in those months, those several months, he's he was talking to EPs, he was talking to writers, he's talking to you know they're trying to make it so if this does happen, there's got to be a, a an escape contingency. So mm-hmm. the second part of what I was going to say was basically my thoughts on that and due to the nature of which Angela Kang had kind of explicitly said it's not a death I'm going to go on record <laughs> your honor in okay. saying in saying that it's not going to be a death scene mm. Kari Payton's reaction to the way things go down seems like oh there's more show yeah well Says even to- on the panel he said it's like my relationship with Mr. Grimes is far from over which makes me feel that which is iffy of course you know which is verbally iffy. is iffy but yeah meaning meaning like it doesn't mean that that relationship could be on the show but it probably is yeah <laughs> i i think it would not be wise of them to kill rick off necessarily because it really limits any possible opening for him to return honestly i could see a scenario where and we've seen this happen before on the show where, where you have like a massive herd that either over to the farm right. or over to the prison or even and madison's they kind of death scat- scene and they what <laughs> even madison's like quote-unquote death scene yeah yeah and <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay. Uh, but they all scatter. No one's gone. Sorry, I had to do it one more time. <laughs> no one's gone until they're gone. There you go. But everybody scatters. Yeah. So what if you have a situation like that where you have some herd? And we do see scenes in the trailer where, they, where there is a herd and he scatters. Right. Or they all scatter. And where's Rick? I don't know. It could be as simple as that. I'm going to go could... on record and say it's neither of those things. What's your thought? Here's, here are my thoughts. One, I thought about this a lot. And if they're going to make the, a significant impact in the series, it's not going to be anywhere near to one of those things where is he dead? Isn't he dead? No, he's not dead. They're not even going to allude to him being dead because we're not going to fall for it. Okay. Where my mind is going is I can tell you why obviously the Commonwealth is involved in this season particularly and I can tell you because I saw a windmill. I did, During yes. the trailer. You saw the... the uh, oh, absolutely. And the, and the windmill said it's Commonwealth on the windmill. Yeah, I, I can tell you exactly the full, of the full thing of what it said. Commonwealth, windmill, and dump service in Saltville, Virginia. Virginia. I, I couldn't see the S, so, you know, Saltville. Mm. So that's interesting. So my thought is that he may either get involved, but I would bank more on the lines of being captured by the Commonwealth. Very possible. Something Very like well that. Very possible. My other thought was, no, I, I'm going to stick with this one. Somewhere along the lines, he will get involved with the Commonwealth in some sort of way that will take him out of the show, at least for the first eight episodes of season 10. Now, what this does is gives Andrew like a year long break to do whatever the goddamn at least a year long break to do whatever the hell he wants yeah and he can at that point he may or may not return to the show and I would bank on him coming back to the show that would boost the show in, in a crazy way sure while the rest of the actors or characters are doing all these crazy things that when by the time he kind of returns he has to deal with that and yeah. you get you get a refresh of Rick you get the John Dory effect you, you know the mm-hmm. newness but the oldness you get the, the newness of, yeah. of Rick who doesn't know what's going on mm-hmm. but the old Rick who has been there from the beginning and who can maybe reset his mayhem clock and and maybe be the Rick that, that we know from the beginning but with the wisdom of a Rick that's been around. I can see that. It, it's very well possible that he goes off in that helicopter to go <laughs> yeah. to the Commonwealth. And oh. look, listen, that helicopter is for the Commonwealth. I'm going to oh, say for that sure. right now. You know and, how I know? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm like talking. So the a? I'm Yvette Nicole Browning. <laughs> I'm kidding. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. Because there's an A on the side of that helicopter, and like I don't know, is Kirkman seems to love the letter A because there's there was an A on the trailer at Terminus. There's an right. A on the freaking helicopter. There was an A on the prisoner outfits at the sanctuary. The I don't dumpsters. Know, the dumpsters. The I don't know what the hell the A represents. It's not. It's not an A. It's something else. It's an yeah, arrow. An upside down arrow. I can tell you what it is. I, or unless unless I missed what you what you saw and I saw the three circles. Do you remember what the three circles? Where you saw the three circles, the three interlocking circles. The three interlocking circles. Okay, kind of looks like a, almost like a radioactive symbol, but not quite. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They kind of was, they kind of overlap was... each other, right? In yeah. A, a, kind of a triangle fashion. Mm-hmm. On the top of the can of hairs that Jadis opened. Oh, you know what? You're right because I did remember reading. Remember, about I was that. talking about that you didn't know quite know what i was saying uh-huh uh-huh okay yeah. one in the same what does it all mean janice Damn is it. a double agent maybe oh maybe. for sure maybe i'm still I say for sure but i know she was in communication with them at the very least so she's definitely in communication with them so she's her name's ann now and so. that's right she's gonna be jadis that's just what's gonna happen yeah <laughs> well jadis is such a bony name i'm like who's named jadis i mean all of them weird garbage people had weird names i will look for somebody in the world named jadis and then i will bring her yeah. on the show yeah jadis Ugh. and then i'll just boot her like i know you <laughs> exist now you are relevant there is only one jadis <sighs> there can be only one right exactly like highlander like exactly like the highlander yep absolutely <laughs> poor thing i was saying that to somebody the other day and they like laughed i was like you, you know exactly what i'm talking about you laugh because you know what i'm talking about i'm talking about the highlander and there can only be one i, I so. use i use that reference today in a hashtag <laughs> i said there can only be one hashtag right <laughs> I, I did that to um, Garrett Dillahunt today. He, I think, responded. He did? When did he, he respond? either responded or he liked it because I did <laughs> see something and I was like, oh, John Dory. Right, so Internet. I'm on fire, right? I'm on fire? Yeah. Yep. Okay. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, he was like comparing himself to like a, a bust. Yes. Like, correct. <laughs> and I was like, correct. I started singing the theme song, obviously, from, from the TV show. Uh-huh. But obviously, I, that's um, Queen, right? He either commented or liked it. So I would check. Anyway, I'm done. I did that far away, far away enough from the mic so that I wouldn't. It was. It wasn't too people. loud. I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. I was very excited about that. Anyway, so yeah, sorry about that. Um, no, no, no. Something else to bring up. Yes, please do. Just, just saying, in terms of general Comic Con points and panels and things that they were mentioning. So the Daryl Carroll relationship. We've yeah, re- okay. So we I'm re- here. So we received confirmation. I say that as if they directly sent me a line. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news. Breaking news. Somebody just handed me a slip of paper right now. I have it on good across, authority. They just slid it ar- across my desk right now. Um, <laughs> no, they're basically, we're going to get greater insight into the nature of that relationship. Right, right. It now, can't be romantic at this point. I mean, it's been too long. I feel like that's like the carrot that they throw out there. And honestly, I don't want it to be a romantic relationship. I don't think it's as interesting. No, um, you and I are in lockstep because I when I'd yeah. seen the talk dead sneak peek of season nine mm-hmm. it really focused on them you know right. the, the cigarette thing and the, all that stuff mm-hmm. i think what you and i are both on the same page about is that she is kind of like his anchor the yes. thing that is kind of tethering him to like grounding him yeah. in a way you know mm-hmm. like emotionally yeah and that's really not interesting to talk about because that really kind of sums up what we know currently but what right. we also know is that and just from the sdcc trailer is that he and rick kind of are kind of at odds they're kind of yeah he's questioning rick Mm-hmm. in terms of leadership but so is Maggie <laughs> yeah. but Daryl is more of a head-on kind of guy you know he's gonna be like are you are you fit to lead he's made so many mistakes that sort of thing right 
so I think Carol's part to play, at least in that respect, would be to kind of remind him that, you know, you, you know you're friends with him. Right. That, that kind of thing. It's like you said, she is his anchor. And and to me, that is far more interesting than, all right, they have the hots for each other. I'm like, all right, well, all right. Even. Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> it's like, boring, right? We've said this from the not, beginning. Yeah, that, that doesn't make for compelling anything. I mean, as we've seen, I mean, how many times have people gotten on The Walking Dead and like an episode later, they're killed off? I mean, exactly. it's not, it's, it's really not, come on. But I feel that the idea of them having this sort of, you know, just very close, tight-knit relationship that nobody can necessarily understand, you know, because like they've gone through so much since day one and have evolved and, and been by their side every step of the way. It's like, I don't think that anybody can fully understand like the depths of loyalty between the two of them, the depths of understanding. I mean, she's gone through a lot. He's gone through a lot. They've seen a lot of the same things and evolved with everything that's gone on. So I think that it's a lot more interesting to have the relationship be a loving relationship, but not a romantic relationship. Like, don't go there with a the romance thing. Like, I really hope they don't. That's my feeling. I don't know. I And I honestly, I don't think that they will. I don't think that they're going to go the, the romantic route because I feel like just by them sort of like alluding to it, like, oh, maybe, maybe. It means yeah, wait, wait. Right. They haven't even alluded to it. I mean, that's, that's but the they thing. try to like, I feel like they, they throw that kind of imagery out there to kind of put it in people's heads. I think it's in people's heads. So like anything that they do, it's kind of like, you know what it is? We're like the horny teenage boys. <laughs> And they are the girl at the dance, and all they have to do is be there for them to get, bo- for the boys to get boners. I mean, really, <laughs> they can show them a scene with Carol and Daryl, and the boners are up. That's it. That's all people need to say. And you know that's an appropriate reality because you're a woman, and it's like, what did I do? I didn't do anything, and there are the boners. They're staring me in the face. Okay, I'm gonna stop now. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. It's like they don't have to do anything because people have been kind of, even if I'm saying it right now and you're saying it right now, that it uh-huh. would be so damn boring for them to be kind of in love. Uh, even that, there's a thing in the back of our minds that are like, oh, maybe. they <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe. <laughs> like, maybe. maybe. But really, it would be boring. <laughs> yeah, it would just, yeah, like in, in from a from a storyline perspective, I'm like, come on, it's been 10, practically 10 years. Yeah. Like just, you know, and I can't even imagine it. There's like a wall of dust and drywall between them. Come on. And I don't even think that that's the case because I want to say that during the trailer, there's a scene when Rick is kind of in the dark, so you don't see that well, but like a really wonderful internet detective zoomed in uh-huh. on um, and, and kind did of- some like, pixel hunting. Did some pixel hunting, yeah. And um, it's during that point in the trailer when Rick and Negan, because it is Negan, down in the cell. uh, And they're having their kind of conversation and stuff. And, you know, while they're talking, they kind of show different scenes. But they show a scene in the dark when Rick is kind of looking at their, I guess, campsiters. Or, you know, because you see them, they have tents set up. Oh, yes, I see what you're saying. When he's walking along on the outside of the campfire. Yeah, and there's some people around the campfire. And if you zoom in, Carol and Ezekiel are cuddled up by the campfire. So hell to the air and carry Kari Payton um, and Nabila that. oh yeah I'm sorry Nabila and Jerry yeah that was confirmed yes that's some lovely stuff isn't it lovely stuff good for him yeah but, but yeah so it's like Carol and Ezekiel fine I'm like we don't need to do Carol and Daryl that doesn't need to happen that's a different type of relationship it's not a romantic relationship it's a very deep loving relationship but not romance it doesn't need to be that so. no and you know what to further that point I think we're living in the age of and I'll tell 
tell you why, but we're living in the age where, in many different ways, we admire deep friendships more than we admire love. Absolutely. And do you know why that is? Because... And why that makes sense in this kind of show, to kind of show a, a deep friendship? Because I mean, we're in this internet age. We're in this right. internet age where, where even now, we, we, we value you know, romantic love over friendship love. Like, that, nothing will ever compare. Like, you're married to your husband. He's right. your partner. And right. you know how it is. Like, I was having this conversation with my sister. It was kind of like, she's not with anybody right now, not even a boyfriend. But not to, that's not slight. But I, I'm just saying that she doesn't get that every time I go out, I have to kind of check in with my wife. Like, well, mm-hmm. it's just are you okay with this? Like, it's, you know, you kind of have to run things by her. It's just consideration. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. You have to. Mm-hmm. And she, she don't get that. And, and I think that we're in that world right now. Whereas in that world, that kind of consideration stuff, it's more of like a sense of safety. Of like, oh, I'm going out. Tell everybody else because if I don't come back, send oh, no. out. The- <laughs> send out. Yeah, it's more out of necessity rather than consideration. Right. So like deep friendships, I think to me, in a world where people can turn on a dime, by the way, and there aren't really loving relationships. So I think what mattered the currency in terms of the social currency, I think deep friendships are more accessible, first thing. And second of all, it has more value. Love is kind of, I think in this kind of world, in this post-apocalyptic world, is, is kind of like, it's it's rare and to the point where I can see love burning out because of mm. the survival mode. And what is love? <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> I love anyway. I mean, I love this show, but do I love my husband? No, I mean, (laughs) what is love? I mean, because look, the love between Daryl and Carol is probably on a much deeper level than like when, I don't know, well, I would argue to say between Rick and Michonne, which might be... Further proving my point, I think. You know, I I, do they love each other? Sure. But do (laughs) I think that they love each other as much as Daryl and Carol love for each other? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I think that there's a much deeper just level of, of, of just love in general between the two of them just based on everything that they've gone through and yes Rick and Michonne have gone through a lot too but not as much as Carol and, and Daryl even if you just think about the Sophia situation I mean that alone oh, so yeah. the way he stepped up yeah absolutely yeah honestly so yeah so it really just kind of furthers my point though it's more accessible and to take the individual example of Carol and Daryl mm-hmm. yeah there's history there's there's a quest there's a bonding there's the, the what was it what was it Rose the rose the Cherokee rose. Cherokee rose right that that whole thing so there's yeah, meaning when Daryl had lines yeah when Daryl had lines well I, I think he's gonna get a lot more this is something we were concerned about is we, him not getting lines and now it seems like he's going to be getting a lot of lines he's gonna be getting a lot of lines I mean how do we feel about that they keep saying that he by no means is replacing Rick but no. he's gonna have to definitely take on a meteor role oh in yeah in Rick's absence whether whether he's dead or alive it doesn't matter he's gonna have to step up to the plate a little bit more. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. In fact, Angela Kang basically made it seem as though like Daryl's going to be... Let me see here. Yeah, Daryl's going to be kind of a... He's going to have more of a, a mature voice. He He's he's more in tune with who he is as a person. He's going to actually be... You know, whereas Daryl was usually very quiet, kind of followed an instinct to yes. its natural conclusion, right? Mm-hmm. You know, take, for example, how he took out... Oh, God, Morales. Morales, right. <laughs> I, like, I know them by name now i don't know them by their character anymore good for you yeah yeah, i yeah he will always be morales and i thought i thought that was i mean it wasn't meant to be funny but i thought it was really funny oh yeah for 100 like what are you doing here bye i was like (laughs) bye i was like that lasted like not even 10 minutes yeah it's he spit a bunch of platitudes at rick and then gone 
that's it. Moving right. on. <laughs> but, but the point of that being is that um, is that you had that character. Is that Daryl kind of went on instruction? He agreed to something, and he just kind of stuck to it, right? Mm-hmm. In this season, I think what's going to end up happening is he's going to follow his inner voice rather than in, in more of an instinctual way. He's going to be thinking things through. He's going to be finding his own voice, making his own decisions based on his own intuitions rather than just pure instinct. In a way where Rick kind of lays out something, he goes, "Yeah, I'm sticking to that because I agree to that." Like he's going to be he's going to be thinking of things and he's going to be in- implementing them. Yeah, and he's going to be obviously in his own Daryl way, not listening to orders. I think I think he's going to be trusting himself more. So and that could be lead to good and bad results because as I'm watching the the trailer, I see him get into this thing, this fight, and this guy. I, I think it's the same guy that gets into these fights. It's this guy with the gray top and the jeans yeah. in, the, in the trailer because you and me examined this trailer front to back. But Henry gets into it with this guy. Daryl gets it in, gets into it with this guy in two separate scenes, one on the bridge and one in the camp with the with the pot yes. he hits him with. Yes, it's the same guy. I mean, this guy is is what kind of ass is this guy that he keeps getting into fights with little kids and a guy he shouldn't be getting into a fight with? How bizarre, right? Yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. Getting in everybody's face. Yeah, right? What up with I, that? I don't know. I am not sure whatsoever, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see. And the other point on um, this coming season, Abraham was spotted on set. <clears throat> Michael Cutlips. Apparently, he is directing one of the oh, episodes. that's right. That's right. I'm not sure which episode specifically. I want to say maybe it's episode seven. Did but you read anything about that? Because how did no. that even come about? Even think about know. that for a second. How does that happen, right? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, honestly, I I wanted to see Abraham live in action. I wanted to see, and this is kind of going back to fear, but based on what we've already seen, and we see that Althea had those cassettes, and one of them said Abe and the Doctor. Yeah, yeah. I I want an Althea backstory, and I want to see Abe and Eugene. Okay, so here's what I think about that. Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying it's out there already. Okay. But I think they may be waiting until, I don't know if it's going to happen, but like when Eugene bites it. And then, he will, actually, he must. And, and, they'll, and they'll they'll find a way to either record this or they have recorded this tape. Because the, the t- first of all, it would have to be at a time when the two worlds are touching. Mm-hmm. Fear the Walking Dead and the Walking Dead. And it would have to be a time where it feels kind of relevant. Like maybe it'll be like a stinger at the end of the episode after the credits or something. Or it'll be like a bonus video that they release in memory of Eugene, of Abraham and him that would be kind of cool right like Eugene sure, just just yeah. bites it in like a meaningful way and then it shows the tape from Fear of the Walking Dead Maggie mm-hmm. talking to them right yeah, asking them cool. questions mm-hmm. I that think would be a nice little memoriam for them yeah exactly right so that's what I think should happen I think but you know what this conversation leads us into I mean if, if there's nothing else on that subject like uh-huh. Cutlets uh-huh. directing right yeah 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 Shane Walsh ah, <laughs> I lost, love that people lost their minds including myself you, you know I'm gonna record that one clip of you going and then I'm going to just keep repeating it like a, in a <laughs> mix <laughs> I was I lost it because look Shane was the original badass he really yeah. was and I mean he he was arguably ahead of his time on the walking dead yeah yeah he was cutthroat before everybody kind of succumbed to the fact that this is this new world and we can't necessarily treat others the way we used to we have to be a lot more vigilant and vicious 
ambitious. I don't know how I don't know how else to say it. But he kind of was more on board with that and was sort of like, hey, this is the new world and we're not messing around. This is what we have to do. Whereas Rick at a time was still very much like, hey, come on, like, you know, it doesn't have come to be Come on, people way. now. You know, meanwhile, Smile on you know, your brother. <laughs> Sorry. Rick now is savage. Yeah, savage, Rick. It's savage. So the question that's been mulling around, obviously, is right. how is Shane involved in this season to what capacity? I mean, the easiest thing to say is hallucination or flashback, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the easiest way to go about it. I mean, if you look online, there are some crazy theories out there. Oh, yeah, because it can go in so many directions. I, I mean, did you even read about the theory about how, like, Rick isn't really Rick? Like, he died oh, back God. in season two. And, like, this whole oh, thing is just, like, Shane. Because, you know, Shane is, like, out of his mind crazy. So he kind of, like, wants to be like Rick. But that's why Rick does all these savage things because it's really Shane. Oh, you're bending my mind. And you know what? You know I why you're bending like, my mind? <gasps> mm-hmm. Because you can, if you think about the scenario of how most of the original people from first season are, except for, for Daryl, gone, right? Andrea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, now Carl, obviously, mm-hmm. Laurie, etc. Uh, Judith is still around. My, mm-hmm. my original thing was like, you know, between talking to Negan and dealing with the strife between camps and, and all that stuff and the and almost the competition between camps mm-hmm. uh, in terms of production and, and their value and worth and bartering. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then all the other things like uh, the politics of who the saviors are or you know, some of the saviors rebelling and all that. But then you have the Judith factor mm-hmm. and Judith kind of technically, I think, sounds like it was Shane's daughter, right? So Right, yeah, pretty much. So <laughs> that factor alone could be like, you think you're better enough to, to be the father of my daughter? You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, Rick, no. I mean, right. Ugh. So that could be like a pressure too. Yeah. And, and then Judith, and then you also have Gracie too. Right. I kind of forgot about baby Gracie. How could you forget about Judith 2.0? Because <laughs> Judith 1 is going to die. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's not a conversation I want to wade into, but, but it's just the idea of these two kids, none of them being Rick's and, and, and being a father in this world, losing his kid, and not really having his own kid. Lori's gone, and yeah. Shane could pop up in a vision, or, I mean, I'm thinking it would happen. Like, he, he He's dreaming that he's sitting in front of Negan in front mm-hmm. of the cell, and then Shane's face kind of pops out into the light instead yeah. of Negan in his dream or something. And yeah, that's that's the best I can come up with. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty nuts. I'll be very curious to see how how this all goes down. Yeah, and how involved in the show he's going to be? Is it one episode mm-hmm. that he did, or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, there's also again there's that nostalgia element to it too. I mean, you know, beyond the horse going into Washington D.C., like going into Atlanta, I think about those good old episodes that had the Rick Shane dynamic. I mean, those were some solid episodes with some very, very good writing and, and storytelling. Yeah, because you just ugh. couldn't figure out Shane either. No. You could In the beginning, you could easily be confused as to, is he a bad guy? But he's not really. He thought but his friend was really. dead. But That's yeah. what I mean. It's like, Shane was this very nuanced character. I mean, he wasn't a quote-unquote bad guy. For all intents and purposes, Rick was presumed to be dead, left in a coma in, in the hospital. He took his wife and his son under his wing as if they were his own. Yeah, I mean, he probably had the hots for his wife for a long time. But like, I mean, that doesn't happen overnight. And so like, but you know, is that evil? Not necessarily. He didn't kill Rick. In fact, he did him a, cur- a courtesy in a kind of way and like, every- honored him. Right. And everything that he was doing in the episodes before he he was killed was in the vein of Laurie and Carl. Obviously, you know, we remember when Carl was shot by Otis when he was hunting. Right. It, it was Shane who went 
went into town to basically get the medical supplies and left Otis to die or whatever, but all to get back to Carl with these supplies. I mean, he he really loved them as if they were his own to a point that is, you know, obviously you could say like obsessive that he kind of decided like, look, Rick, I'm a better husband and a better father than you'd ever be. So you got to go. And at that point, obviously, Rick kind of realizes that. And, you know, obviously, you know, like, oh, damn. Yeah. So, yeah, like Shane went crazy, but he also wasn't coming from an evil place. He was a very complex character, but which is, again, this is what makes an interesting story. He he is he wasn't a one dimensional caricature of a character. He was very interesting. And that dynamic and relationship between Rick and Shane was also interesting because Rick loved Shane like a brother and kind of thought that like, wow, thank you, Shane, for looking after my family in the midst of all this, you know, not realizing like Shane's like, oh, now you're back. And <laughs> this is supposed to be my life. And now you coming back and reclaiming your wife and kid. It's it, it was interesting stuff. So I'm excited for Shane to come back. But I, I got to figure it's going to be a hallucination or a flashback. I, I can't imagine what else it could potentially be. I've heard some theories. Some yeah, I mean, theories. I'm sure you've heard many because you see in the trailer, Daryl and Rick on Daryl's bike on a road going somewhere. And then they're kind of at, at a certain point where they're like off the bike and then Daryl throws it on the floor and they're kind of like glaring at each other, whatever. So there's like this sort of, I don't know, you get the impression that there's this sort of standoff between the two men. Right, right. And some people say that it might be reminiscent of the Shane-Rick altercation. You have these two prominent characters kind of glaring off and only one can really, you can't have two alpha dogs, basically. Right. Somebody's gotta, gotta go. So, I mean, it'd be interesting. It would be interesting. I don't know. I'm just excited that Shane's gonna be back. I'm like, woohoo, Shane's back. Yeah, I mean, just have Johnny Bernthal on the set. Oh, That's so gotta be awesome. so weird for everybody. I'm sure it must be, especially for some of the people who've known him from like way back, oh, which yeah. would basically be Daryl. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rick. I guess, yeah, Maggie, because when they were on the farm, that's right, that's Shane right. was there. So, that, yeah. That fleeting parting shot, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. I mean, they essentially worked together like almost 10 years ago and back oh, again. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what, eight, nine years, something like that? Back in the day. <sighs> So that's, that's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be really cool to see that. And I'm excited for when he turns up. Yeah. Well, what else, what else you got on your agenda? Well, let's just get into the trailer. <gasps> it was a meaty trailer. It was like, I think, six minutes. I think it was over five minutes. So it was, you know, that's a long time. There's a lot of information in, in that amount of time. I will say that for me, the most exciting things that I saw were post credits, not so much before the credits. Oh, yeah, of course. Do you want to get to that now or do you want to be like, sure. Yeah, okay. We've kind of touched upon a lot of the things that were in the trailer. I mean, we haven't gotten into everything, but That's basically true. like you That's have true. the post credits that kind of are like, oh, Walking Dead and you think it's over, but it's not. And then you see these new characters that are introduced. They're kind of like standing in front of not a tribunal, but almost kind of like on a stand, not a stand, but they're they're kind of in front of who we see eventually is Gabriel kind of presenting their case of who they oh, were. Oh, yes. The know? new characters. I thought you were referring to something else, but yes, I do know what you're going to say because I wrote, I wrote a couple things about it. It's really- quite a few new characters and yes. those characters are from the comic which they did a very good job of castings because when I saw some of them I immediately realized oh this person must be this this person must be that and it already gave me an idea of where we are in terms of time enough time has passed that we are now at this point in the future and these newcomers have stumbled upon their community and have been brought in to sort of be evaluated essentially like are you a threat are you not that sort of thing by um, the one-eyed father Gabriel by 
the one-eyed Father Gabriel, yes. I think it's very interesting that they made one of the characters deaf. Right. Because I think the idea of being disabled in this kind of environment and conditions is very interesting. And I think I read an article that was basically saying that it's cool to see how this character is almost superhero-like in a sense that her other senses have become far more acute in light of not being able to hear. You know, you have to be acutely aware of your surroundings in this kind of environment and she cannot hear. But obviously she has her sense of sight, her sense of smell, her sense of, you know, her, her all her other senses and how those have become elevated and help her navigate this world even though she may not be able to hear or communicate right. for that matter. And, and let me just say, poor her because of her sense of smell. Oh, yeah. Because everybody sucks. must smell like dog duty. Oh, yeah. It mixed can't with their duty, mixed with crotch sweat. Can, oh, cannot be good. <laughs> cannot be good. Although it could be one of those things where it's like sensory overload and she's like Superman where like she hears all these voices but she has to tune into one. Speaking <laughs> of hearing voices. So the smells. She has to choose a smell. Speaking of hearing voices. Okay. Okay. Well, you can go there. You can <laughs> the, go there. Okay. The very last scene that we see in the trailer after the upcoming uh, October 6th is we see Rosita and who I believe to be Eugene. Eugene. It was Eugene. Yeah. yeah. Basically running, sliding down this muddy hill. Scared and out of their them. minds. Scared out of their minds, covering themselves in mud and hiding. And you see a herd walking past them. Now, I saw that scene and I immediately knew because it looked just like the scene in the comics that those are not a herd of walkers. So there is a herd of walkers, but intermixed in that herd are the whispers. Right. Because that's what they do. Now, you can't make uh, them out, I guess, visually, right? Because you, you it wasn't very just, obvious. No. You, if you know the story, you kind of infer like, oh, that's them. They're in that herd or whatever. And the scene looks very similar to the scene in the comics, except not, it's not Rosita and Eugene. It's uh, two other male characters. Mm -hmm. But it's a very similar scene. Now, what I didn't realize until recently because I was listening to uh, a YouTube channel. I don't know if it was PT channel or New Rockstars, but they, they do a lot of breakdowns of like episodes and trailers and all of that. And they said, and I kind of went back to the trailer and I replayed it at the loudest volume, but they said right. that if you go to the last, I think, 15 seconds of that right. scene, you can hear them whispering like, where are they? And I was where? like, are you seriously? And then I did listen to it. I was like, oh, oh so my you God. missed it just like I missed it, right? I'm, I missed it at the initial watch. I did not catch that. So I had so to re You know, it. that makes me feel so much better, by the way. No, absolutely. Like, I didn't catch it at first hearing at all. So it's like I had to re-listen to it and put it up high and really like, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, it's the whispers for sure. And they did cast Alpha. She has been yes. casted. So it is. Just in the last week, we I, I think we heard about this. Yeah, it's Samantha Moore. Gordon, who I think she was nominated for an Oscar. Was she in Fantastic Beast? I know that one I, of the characters was, one of the new characters. No, was. she wasn't, but and this is the guy I wanted to talk about. Uh, Dan Daniel Fogler. Fog yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dan Fogler. He was in he's in the Goldbergs, he's in Fantastic Beasts. He's 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 kind of a comic relief guy to, in mm -hmm. my mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was doing research for something relating to the new characters and I couldn't remember why. I think I wanted to just friend them on Instagram. But when I was doing the research for Dan Fogler or for who was gonna play the teacher, because I was like, oh what's his name what's his name and then I realized you know I, I stumbled upon his actual character in the comic book and and his his role and the fact that they cast Dan Fogler is a, just such a really good choice mm -hmm. because if he is gonna go if they are gonna go that route they're gonna make his character more of comic like a more of like a light-hearted comic relief kind of character which the show right. desperately needs you know yeah. what I mean yeah like he's fantastic on the Goldbergs he's just out of his mind oh really okay and so I, I don't think he's gonna be like that on the show because no they 
they tend to cast comic, uh, you know, comics uh, in, in, on on The Walking Dead, and they they're, they end up being really serious actors. <laughs> but this, I think, will be one of those lighthearted. Instead of being clueless, he'll be more of like a a kind of like a oh, uh, you know, like kind of a lighthearted kind of person, light on his feet. I think that the show needs those moments of levity. I've said it before. I mean, we used to get those moments when Abraham was around. He used to have his one-liners that would just crack you up, and you miss that presence. You miss that sort of like comic relief essentially and you know Negan has his moments of, of funny one-liners and all of that but it's not necessarily the same no it's more heavy like it, it's more it, heavy it I mean, is comic but you know some lines. stuff's gonna go down right <laughs> but right. with Fogler it's gonna be like oh it's it could be heavy but it's kind of also kind of funny right right, right so. so I was more transfixed more than anything with those last couple of images I was like oh man you know and when they announced that they did cast for Alpha first of all she looks just like her I oh think yeah good job I mean when I looked her up from a presence perspective and and facial expression wise it's, it works I, okay. I could totally see it i trust you <laughs> So <laughs> I kind of wish they didn't, though. Like, I wish they didn't make release. it a surprise to release it. Yeah, I know. Right. But I think it's one of those things that everybody kept asking. I mean, including me when they when they casted the woman who's deaf, who's Connie, when um, they casted for the woman from Into the Badlands, who plays yeah. a character. I think it's uh, Yumiko. So. Like, they're all part of the same group. So I was like, OK, alrighty then. So where's Alpha? Because like <laughs> this timeline wise, this should be right on par when they show up. Right. So there were all these speculations, including my speculation of like, is it Madison? Is it Jadis? Right. Is it somebody we already know? And it turns out they are Alpha uh, or whatever. Right, right. We know the whispers are coming and she's the head of them. So it's sort of like, all and, right. And they, they're playing it safe. It's kind of like we did lay out a couple scenarios and then, you know, what I said at the end was like, if they really, really want to play it safe, mm-hmm. they, they would just hire, you know, they would cast a new person, right? Like, let's uh-huh. see somebody nobody knows. Yeah. But that could present some interesting things in and of itself because, well, I mean, first of all, then now you really don't know where Maggie or Daryl or Jesus is going to go. You really don't. No, and like I told you, the presence of the Whispers is a game changer and Alpha makes her point very well known. It's like I told you, it's the Red Wedding of the Walking Dead. What ends up happening leads to many, many characters being killed off in one fell swoop. And so it's... It's like the Dead Wedding. (laughs) Yeah, the Dead Wedding. And it's it's shocking and it's sad and horrible. So now the question becomes: It's like, well, how many of these characters are are not making it farther than this season and are getting killed off? And I would say that they're really going to end up trimming the fat. They're, they're really going to kill off like a good chunk of the characters. I think Rosita's gone. Yeah, Carrie might be gone. I have a bad Rosita's feeling gone. about Carol, but yeah. oh god, I mean, right? they have to have a few characters that are going to be pretty heart wrenching to kind of because I mean, if they're going to build up Carol's friendship with Daryl and really right. start to focus on that more because they haven't at all right not right. really mm-hmm. they're gonna be doing it ramping up for this purpose right and right. they also have that year and a half break to kind of pretend like certain friendships have been going on for a while right you know, Nabila and, and maybe even maybe even Ezekiel I suppose right yeah anything is possible on that front so that Do, would be I a mean, good reason to kind of I will say that there are the friendships there are a lot of characters that are around right now that are killed off when Alpha makes her grand statement entrance <laughs> not even entrance oh, a statement. She, makes, she she wants to make a statement and make it very clear and she does so in a certain manner yeah okay. no it's fine it better not to because you know but it is but you it could is. say what it is but there angela king made it very clear that what's going to happen on the show is going to surprise many people uh, comics watchers alike because there is going to be a divergence no matter what there, there, yeah there is going to be a divergence for sure because i mean in in reality we could say it right now from now yeah but from from the point now the whole whisper story arc was heavily reliant on 
Carl, right. which was why there were a lot of people were like, how in the world is this even going to happen without Carl? Because right. the whole point of contention between Alpha and the Whispers and Rick and his group was this sort of incandescent Romeo and Juliet relationship between Alpha's daughter, Lydia, and Rick's son, Carl, right. who forge a relationship in light of Lydia running away from her mother and the Whispers because her mother allows her to be systematically raped by the men of the group in order to toughen her up. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty savage, rough stuff, yeah. which I don't know if the show, well, I don't think the show will go there. I hope not. I don't think so, especially in light that that relationship, I guess, is not going to happen, I would imagine. Who knows? There is that new character that's kind of like, I, I don't know if he's a title character, but he's an, he's a young man. I forget what his name was. Um, he's Hispanic. I think he's Hispanic. Oh, um, yeah. He, I could, know. he could be the replacement for Lydia, because I don't see a Lydia kind of character walking around as like a new cast member. No, no, I So don't. what if they flip the script and made it a boy and he's like raped by the women to toughen him up? I don't know. <laughs> but I will say that that is, that was a heavy crutch of that whole storyline. Right. Carl, so, Carl being there. Carl, yeah, Carl being there. And so what leads to her making her grand statement is that Carl, even when Lydia ends up going back to her mother because it is her mother, Carl still tries to go after her and basically Alpha had made a sort of truce with Rick to kind of be like, you know, you stay in your area, we stay in our area and we won't bother each other as right. long as you stay in your area and we and you respect our area, that's it. And Carl, in, in keeping with his persistence to go after Lydia, kind of oversteps his bounds, obviously, and pushes Alpha to feel that she needs to go to Alexandria and all of that and really kind of make it clear that you can't be trespassing on her property. And that's um, the fell swoop. That is the fell swoop. And she sets a very clear border showing like anything past this line is our our area. Don't go in. It is lined with people. With bodies. Not, yeah. But, yeah. Right. So or body parts of the right. recent people that were Correct. dead. Correct. Right. And that's what it sounds like. Right. You know, what's so, really interesting about that, by the way, mm-hmm. is the knowledge that everything that before this new season was actually one whole chatter, even the Negan thing. Mm-hmm. It was one whole, I, well, I guess, is it a chapter or volume, I, I guess? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Volume. So, so this, this part on, you know, after all the things like the governor, the terminus, all, all this stuff, that was one whole chapter. Mm-hmm. And this is a whole other new chapter. Yes. The line is going to be littered with previous cast members that mm-hmm. from this whole beginning chapter that we lose in, in the single act. Yeah. So that's, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's very interesting. And I wonder at what point during this season are they going to do this? Are they going to spend most of the first half of the season focusing on this like internal conflict of these groups trying now to forge a new United States of America? I don't know. And then mm-hmm. I have for, personally, I think the whispers are going to come in in the back half of the season. You think they're going to come I, in the back half? Mm. In light of what's going to happen to Rick and Maggie in terms of them exiting, I think that the first half of the season will lead into their departure, however that departure may be. Honestly, I think it'll happen at the end of season nine. I don't even think we're going to get to like the meat and potatoes of it. Of the whispers. Yeah. Maybe we'll start to get into it, but I just, yeah, I don't know. Mm. I don't know how much time we're going to spend on these internal conflicts 
conflicts, which they seem to focus a lot on in the trailer. Right, right. Which is a bit of a shame because I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm. Well, we're not a lot on, but you're, you're in terms of the whispers. You're saying no in terms of just like the internal conflicts between saviors oh, yeah. and Maggie versus Rick and Daryl, and the, I'm kind of like, you know what? I don't really care as much. I'm interested in the helicopter. I'm right. interested in the Commonwealth and the helicopter. I'm interested in Jadis and like her connection to said helicopter. Right, right. I'm interested in Negan because he will escape out of that cell. It will happen. So that is for sure. Hmm. Escape? He will escape. He will be assisted. Hmm. Okay. There's somebody who assists him in the comic. I don't know who that gonna be, who that's going to be on the show. Well, that could but change too, though. Oh, yeah. That could he change. He could be let out by Rick. I mean, for all No, yeah, for sure. Somebody else could totally be the one to like, but he's not going to like break out of the cell. Like oh, somebody okay. is going to assist him. And you mentioned, and, but you mentioned also that he will, he and Alpha had a sort of thing going yes, as well. Correct. So, hmm. Yes. That's yes. interesting to me too, because based on what's happened on the show, what I know from what you've told us, mm-hmm. I'm wondering how that comes about. But you also mentioned, I think, that he sort of turns into a sort of good guy. He does because, and I mean, we've seen this on the show. He has a very warped sense of standards, but the idea is not... It was always order and safety. It was always about order and safety at all costs. At all costs. And and with the idea that people don't know what's best for them. He knows what's best for them and people need to be told what to do because they don't know what's best for them. Like 1984. There you go. Another joyous story. (laughs) Basically, we're full of joyous stories. Yeah, joy. Joy. Trust in the state. The state of the saviors yeah what was the other thing like don't listen to what your ears and uh, eyes uh, don't believe what your eyes don't believe your senses yeah Yeah. we know it's best for you etc etc yeah 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 i think that was said on cnn recently hashtag negan (laughs) hashtag the savior hashtag save us hashtag america (laughs) hashtag america hashtag america hashtag america anyway go on but um (laughs) i'm not even gonna get into it because it's few things that make my blood pressure I mean, so, there's gonna be there's enough politics in real life, and there's gonna be enough politics in season nine for you yeah. to be like no mas, no mas, no mas right now on the political. No, but I mean, but basically, yeah, Negan's. I mean, Negan is kind of not in the same vein as Shane, but one of these people that is not evil for the sake of being evil. It, it's with a greater good in mind that you understand. It's just the way they go about it is where you're like, oh well, mm, that may not have been the best way to do it, but the intention of what they're trying to achieve is there and I, I'm trying to remember in the comic how it all works out that he kind of he wants to be a part of this new world he does he right. because that's the whole point that's what he wanted the whole idea of this future is that Rick and Megan and, and Ezekiel like all these people want this new world but you kind of have to understand that you can't uh, function in a silo in order to kind of forge this new world you have to kind of work as various communities working together in order to really sort of rebuild and Negan yeah. wants to be a part of that it's just that obviously he's being punished for his his war crimes essentially and held in this cell because but somebody he, has to be held responsible because somebody has to be held responsible but he wants to be a part of this new world he doesn't want to come out and cause havoc he wants to partake in this like I need to you know I want to be a part of this like when are you going to let me out I think the difference and he doesn't say it out loud obviously <laughs> 
He doesn't say it out loud, although he does kind of say in the trailer, like, you know, when, when are you going to let me out and let me see this you right, know, right, in right. the world and all that. The difference being that I think Negan is much more of a cynical realist than Rick, where Rick is still like, you know, we have to, we're rebuilding, we have to work together. Whereas Negan is sort of like, how long do you think this happy charade is going to go on before? Yeah, like, I'll believe it when I see it, really. Yeah, even if he, I see it, I probably won't believe it. And he's going to be like, you know, things are going to hit the fan eventually because Negan's more of a realist that understands the ways of people and that kind of power struggle that happens. So he's sort of of the mindset of like, oh, everything sounds hunky-dory. Okay, well, you tell me how long that lasts before everything goes to hell. And I think Rick doesn't appreciate that and doesn't want to hear that, but that is that is what happens. That is a reality. Everything isn't all pie in the sky. Like this, these conflicts do happen and we see that they do start to happen. But I think Negan ultimately wants to be a part of a, of a rebuilding of society. So when he is back in, in the wild or whatever, essentially, he wants to basically show Rick, look, you can let me out. Let me be part of the community. I'm not a threat to you. Let me work with you. That's what we're supposed to do, right? Right, right. In the comic, he is the one who ultimately defeats Alpha, Negan. Right, right. But he does it also to kind of like prove a point to, to Rick to say, look, I took her out. You can trust me. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm on your side. Because I think initially, Negan's out in the wild fending for himself and he does come across the Whispers and Alpha and he wants to join them. Uh, but uh-huh. he sees firsthand the things that they do in terms of the rapes and that kind of stuff. And remember, Negan's number one rule, no rape. There's no right. violence against women in his like sanctuary. And that always was the case. It was always something that, remember, the guy who tried to rape Sasha in the cell, you know, he, you know, took him out real quick. And, you know, he, he made it very clear to her and said, you know, we are not monsters. Because, like I said, there, he felt that there was a method to what he was doing. And, you know, we are not savages. We are not monsters here. Right. And the whispers are savages. And I think that he, he definitely sees that in the comic and it's like, no, this is barbaric. And the fact that and when he sees that Alpha allows this to happen as a way of toughening their members up, he's right. completely disgusted. And right, I think right. it takes them over the edge to realize, you know what, I'm going to have to take this one out. Yeah. And, and it really does kind of come back in terms of like how tangible we can actually see even from now that his philosophy kind of got away from him. Obviously, we have tons of examples that we brought up, like the top heaviness of it. But it really didn't it didn't click with me that he wanted maybe a better way until that walkie conversation with Michonne. Right. But also a precursor to that was his conversation with Carl. Like, yeah. what, when did this get away from you? Right. You didn't want to get to this point. When did it start to get away from you? Michonne kind of mentioned that as well. When did this sort of mm-hmm. get away from you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure this is not how you intended things to turn out. I'm Meaning, I'm sure what you thought you had to do evolved from the point at which it was originally. Mm-hmm. You had to make up new structural rules along the way. You had to kind of set up these boundaries and that boundary moved further and that boundary moved further until you suddenly you're at a point where you're now you're actually killing people just to kill them to you're killing a lot of people to show them show an example when it used to kill one right yeah. genocide it wasn't a thing that you thought of originally until mm-hmm. Simon made it sound palatable and now you have to do it you don't have to do it you move the boundary again yeah the limits of, of how far you're gonna go uh, you've moved that boundary again and so yeah. I think when when that was said that it, the expression on his face when that was said by both Michonne and Carl told me everything yeah. it's kind of like yeah I mean I wanted to pull it back you know I wanted to pull it back I, I always thought one day that I'd be able to walk it back but you mm-hmm. know every single time he had to keep making more and more compromises you yeah know? so and this would be not only like the the straw that broke the camel's back but it's like a thousand pound steel weight yeah yeah no and absolutely. then you know with with Rick grooming him talking up this new world for how many like a year and a half at least in the cell right in the cell being yeah. the Carl in the scenario mm-hmm. there is a part of him that 
wants to be a part of the new world, even though he's not showing that. Mm -hmm. And and always telling Rick, you know, it's not going to be the way you think it's going to turn out and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, but then also, like, I'm sure he had a lot of time to think about what got him to this point, what he did wrong, all the ways in which that burden of responsibility is now off his shoulders. I'm sure there was a defined period for a long yeah. period of time. But right. after a while, you're kind of like, I see things for the way they are. Mm -hmm. Now I just want to help you, Rick. Duh. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm just going to help you, dude. So that in and of itself is exciting to me. I can't wait to see how this all goes down with this with the whispers. I can't wait to see how that uh, storyline starts getting introduced. And I am very much looking forward to that. And the freaking helicopter who's going to yeah. take away Rick and Maggie. And, and by the way, I don't know who said this or who I heard it from, but there is talk about Heath maybe showing up either this season or next season. He's showing up. Yeah. He's show you, you know how many times I've said that. In fact, I think every other episode I'm going to be like, where's Heath? And there's going to be one episode where I don't say anything and he's going to show up. I'm going to be like, see, there he is, alive. I've been saying this for years. It's it's one of those things where you have to forget because you have to. if you keep saying it, mm -hmm. then he won't show up. But if you intentionally not say it, he won't show up also. So there's the thing yeah. where it's going to have to be one of those nights where you sleep in your kid's bed because you had to get him to sleep early enough. And then that <sighs> one night where you forget to tweet it out, that's when he shows up. That's when he shows up. <laughs> yeah, I, I will lose my mind when Heath shows up. Oh, <laughs> Speaking of things that, that are going to be happening really quickly and violently, <laughs> like Heath coming back, um, there is a scene in the trailer where Gregory has a knife and is going for Maggie. You miss it. It's very short. And it, it explains a lot of Xander Berkeley's Instagram right now. Yeah. His ability to, he's, he's him traveling and all that stuff right now. Yeah. I feel like his end is going to be swift. Can right. I Can I tell you, it, it, it's... It's one of those things that I've been sort of kind of like waiting to happen because should I give you spoilers from the comic? I mean, you and, might as well. Okay. So he's still a, a shit weasel in the comic. And, you know, he's still <laughs> like, you know, he, he's still trying to get people to conspire against, against his webs. Right. But in the comic, he and some other um, members of, of the community conspire to poison Maggie. I think it's, it's that she doesn't have much of it. So she only gets kind of like dizzy or kind of like lightheaded or whatever but she's not killed by it or whatever obviously in this case it's like more of a knife you know a violent sort of altercation or whatever but once it's sort of realized Gregory was the, the brains behind all this you know that he tries to play his whole oh it wasn't me Maggie I don't know you know like the same Margaret way oh yeah exactly the same way he does on the show or whatever but Maggie is having none of that and she wants to make it very clear that that is completely unacceptable and whatever yep. and to you know Rick's shock and surprise or he is publicly executed by Maggie. Wow. He's hung from a tree for everyone to see. Damn. I could tell that there is going to be a, a death. Yeah, because like he's the, not present like in she anything. kills is him. Ram? He's not at all in anything whatsoever. First episode, do you think? Second, maybe? Early on, for sure. Yeah, no no later than the second episode. Yeah, it's going to happen pretty early. I'm going to miss you, Xander Berkeley. Mm. I miss you so much. I know. Now you can make movies with Stephen Ogg. Oh, I, I, there's, <laughs> there's nobody I miss more than Stephen Ogg. Yeah. His Instagram will keep us alive uh, his instagram is amazing yeah and again jenna elfman commenting on his stuff it's like so weird it's like same thing how it bleeds yeah <laughs> awesome but oh. yeah i i don't think he's long for this world no. i i have serious concerns for rosita i have serious concerns for ezekiel i have serious concerns for jerry i have serious concerns oh, really wow yeah i have serious concerns for a lot of these characters i'm like i don't think they're making it out of this season i think we're gonna whittle it down to our core group 
You know what's really interesting is that I kind of half expect most of the people you've said just now to go away. The yeah. one person I don't want to have to go away is Sadiq for some reason. I don't think he will. I think he'll still be around. I don't I, think we're done with him yet. I don't know? think. No, me neither. I don't think we're done with Sadiq yet. Well, especially if you're I mean, a doctor also. Right, yeah. But I, I think Eugene is still going to stick around. I think so too, by the way. I don't, I don't think Eugene's done yet, especially because of well, the ham radio we saw last season. I think Eugene is going to be instrumental in getting the ham radio up and running and making contact. Mm, maybe with the hell with the Commonwealth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm. Yep. I think that you, Eugene is integral to that. that. That ham radio is not some arbitrarily thrown in there like, oh, we went into this house and it just so happened to have a ham radio. Like, uh-uh. You, you remember, I was like practically waving like a flag, throwing fireworks into the sky, smoke signals. I was like, oh. ham radio. Hello. There's a, ha- there's a ham radio right there. You didn't need to have all those three added. I was like, there's, there's a ham radio on the table right over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Forget the smoke signals. That's fire. Fire for, for, bad. Forget all of that. Forget the antibiotics. There's a ham radio right there. Start working on that. <laughs> burger, burger. Uh, this is Professor. The Professor. Over. <laughs> yes. Eugene is going to be instrumental Sorry, in that. Sorry, the doctor. Uh, Dr. Eugene Porter. So. What would his call sign be? Mullet. Do- uh, <laughs> Dr. Mullet. I don't think we're done with Eugene yet. No. Not yet. And that, that'd be interesting. That's actually really interesting how you can carry that character forward. And on that same note, it's like, I almost I almost hope that Dan Fogler's character sticks around, like, in a weird way. Like, I, th- I think he will. I don't think that they're going to just kind of, like, arbitrarily bring him on and kill him off. I think he has to. I think so. You know already that the season's going to be very heavy, but yes. not to bounce back to Fear of the Walking Dead, but there there are moments in the trailer even where you see some funny moments. Um, mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, kind of like, I got this and, like, something crazy happens. and Right. But, like, in a funny way. And then, mm-hmm. so the, I, I feel like the show's got have really got to key in on, on just some lighthearted moments that happen here and there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I think The Walking Dead had those sporadically in moments. It's it's kind of like some of the criticism that you can uh, that you at many points during Breaking Bad you you would make. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially in the beginning, there's a lot of lighthearted kind of lightfooted moments, uh-huh. and then later on it got really 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 heavy, mm-hmm. and then they brought back some of those things mm-hmm. in in the last season. Mm-hmm. And I think that they need more of that with Mo Collins coming into Fear of the Walking Dead, some of the characters. Characters that uh, you yeah, know, Dan Fogler yeah. and everything. Yeah. So I, I think there's moments for that. I think there will be. How are you going to get through an apocalypse? You got to have a sense of humor about things. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have a funny bone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how else are you going to get through it? Uh, you just do. <laughs> you, you just, just get through it. You just get through it. But like John Dory says, you got to fight every day. Every day. Oh, John Dory. <laughs> so charming. Mm, so, so, so gallant. So, so, so gallant. steadfast. He was what Rick used to be before he got all savage. I think it was maybe even more. Yeah. He had like an idealized image of himself and just stuck to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think Rick was more grounded and be like, oh, this is a little messed up. <laughs> John Dory's not phased. No, you know? he's not. I don't think. In a, in a weird way, like he's kind of phased but kind of moves on, moves forward. Mm-hmm. Whereas Rick is kind of like, oh, this is messed up. Let's get out of here. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I'm in it, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Okay, the crops at the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. You see the crows there, right? Yes, correct. I thought there was some significance to that because a, a, a bunch of crows is called a murder. Yeah. Oh. I wrote this in my notes. Yeah. Like mm. a gathering of crows is a murder. That's what they call them. Mm. Like a murder of crows. You know, I... 
on a side note, I feel so bad. Like, I mean, crows are beautiful birds. And, like, they get Intelligent, too. Very intelligent. They're, and, and the sheen on their feathers is beautiful. Like, I wish my hair would a sheen on a crow's feathers. But they just get such a bad rap. It's so sad. Yeah. They're known for doom and gloom and death. I know. And maybe that's it's because they're kind of intelligent. Mm. Because they have a personality. And if you have a personality, there's a tendency for gloom. So yeah. maybe maybe crows are depressed. I don't like, come on, guys. I don't even think that they're like intimidating, scary birds. Like, I mean, you want to look at a scary bird. Look at an ostrich. It's super scary. Oh, my God. Those should be dead birds. Oh, my God. <laughs> an ostrich have... shows up on your door. Oh, <laughs> you oh, know you're kidding. going to die. Oh, my God. Like, I went to Australia years ago and got chased by an ostrich at one of those like sanctuaries. Oh, my God. The thing is insane. It's like as big as you are. They got crazy. No, it's this. two times bigger it's than me. Cool. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's not most cool. people are most people are two times bigger than me so stop <laughs> i i am not very tall so I, I i deal with it as best as i can yeah most people think that i'm taller than i actually am actually same here when i when and then when i tell them i'm five foot two they're like what really exactly so, yeah. see i'm five three and a half oh there, mm-hmm. there you go you got it too i'm like no i didn't realize that yeah no it's because of my larger than life personality i say uh, that people <laughs> I always say it's my presence. Yes, exactly. Same I idea. I use that word specifically. Same, same idea. I have a larger, large presence about me that distracts from the fact that I'm, I am not that big in stature, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. We make up with personality, right? Ex- exactly. We got big personalities. We got big hearts. So that's e- why. Yeah, exactly. Precisely. So I also saw Judith picking tomatoes in the garden. If that is Judith, so that's a thing. I know. See, here's the thing that throws me off. I'm like, is it Judith or is it Gracie? Gracie. Like, I don't know. Oh, and then uh, and then it's like we can't just arbitrarily forget about Gracie. You can't throw out a baby from last season and just kind of say like, oh yeah, Gracie, yeah, she's still around. I'm like, no, 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 we're not gonna gloss over this. There was a baby that was taken, and yes, we're all unified now. But where's this baby? I need to understand where this baby is. Yeah, or who the baby is, or whatever. The, the, the tomatoes in the garden—that's like the the dream with Negan, right? Remember? Right. I the mean, flash forward dream. Yeah. Right. Is that Gracie in the garden? Is that you know? Is that Judith? I'm gonna assume that it's Judith. Yeah. I, I think it's. It's a safe bet. It's sure. a safe bet that it's a Judith. It was only. But then where's Gracie? <laughs> Gracie's not going to be like a toddler. She's got to be at least a toddler. Yeah. Even if it's five years, I guess. I I don't know. I don't know how much time has passed. I think in the comic, you're talking about a jump of at least... Like five years, right? Yeah, but it it looks like in the scene that they show, it can't have been that long because Maggie's baby is still a baby. Not all that much time has passed. Mm. Which kind of screws with the whole idea of your timeline for the the whisperers. Because if there's two time jumps, it's... I think there's two. I think there has to be two it seems I think and that's why I think the whispers will come at the back end I think we're going to do like a, a smaller time jump at the beginning to kind of show like we're rebuilding but we're not all the way there yet we're still trying to iron out some conflicts and whatever but we we, we are rebuilding we've made enough of a jump that we're in the stages of rebuilding but we still got some kinks to iron out and then I think after those kinks are, are ironed out we'll take like a bigger jump because really in the comic book we, we don't really have that sort of conflict that they keep showing about like this group and the fighting in this group within this group that doesn't really happen in the comic we kind of go straight from Rick defeating Negan in the confrontation that they have and we do a time jump to the point that like we are rebuilt the communities are, are completely aligned all communities we're trading among each other we have like roads that have been sort of like established and, and guarded like like definitely there's been a rebuilding for sure of like civilization to a point that is rebuilding in an old west kind of style way because you know we're not really 
using cars. We're not really using gas and things like that. You know, it's right. a different kind of infrastructure <laughs> type of environment. Right. Or like um, out, like I was gonna say outback, but more like a like an old west kind. Like of. an old west sort of frontier yeah, kind of frontier land. There you go, frontier. So that's why I feel like we're gonna end up doing two time jumps. We're gonna do one in the more immediate future, and then one bigger time jump where we're going a little further into the future. Right. And that's when we finally cross paths with Alpha and the Whispers. Right. And I think that might be how they handle it. And two things about that is one, I, I don't think my feeling is what they're going to be doing is instead of that, instead of ironing out the things, I think they're going to increase. I think that because it feels like the dis, that at first the saviors are thankful for Rick and, and all that right. stuff it, from what the Comic-Con trailer shows because it can't be that Rick, that they're thankful for Rick at the end of the conflict and after everything right. smoothed out. Just my feeling alone. Mm-hmm. What I think is going to happen is things are going to d- descend. I, I'm thinking more like Lord of the Fro- Flies kind of thing oh, where well yeah exactly their divisions things are going to break down they're going to break down quickly mm-hmm. and people are going to start choosing sides mm-hmm. and I don't I don't think it's going to be that way and not only that it's going to descend to a point where we're not sure what happens but we know that there's going to be division lines at least two division lines or something maybe mm-hmm. between communities but maybe between factions within communities mm-hmm. and then they're then they're going to time jump to a point at which it's the aftermath of that and then mm-hmm. then they introduce the whispers to kind of bring people together maybe mm-hmm. at, in mm-hmm. the aftermath of like this civil war kind of thing that's going on right, on three fronts right. or maybe mm-hmm. more who knows mm-hmm. so and then and then the conflict with the whispers is you know between like the healing of the commonwealth maybe at the beginning and then like oh you guys fixed your your things you know after the time jump and then the whispers come in to kind of further unite them mm-hmm. that's my thought but the second that. thing that i'm thinking is that if they are going to be more united near the end of it or if they are going to have division mm-hmm. and there is going to be another time jump mm-hmm. having the end of fear the walking dead season four and then having that mid-season break could be like a, a possibility for us to time jump back you know after they do the second time jump and have alicia catch up to the group for season mm-hmm. five or something or the or the road to, to the back half of season nine mm-hmm. of, of, of fear the walking dead so there's there's going to be a point at which maybe they meet up or something i don't know Gosh. so it, it's it's an interesting opportunity to get them to kind because of, if they are going to be doing time jumps what's going to happen to fear is fear yeah. going to do a time jump is it going to yeah. be stuck in its own world are there going to be things that they drop in fear during the break that will end up showing up in the walking dead because then it's the future and if the whisperers do show up five years in the future fear the walking dead may have something to do with that mm-hmm. right so i mean it could we could be planting seeds in fear that show up in the time jump in the second half of their season nine it's like mind-boggling it's like on an inception level you know right because there's no doubt in our minds i mean you and me i think we're on the same page that they are gonna have to reconcile at some point for sure right and, yeah. or like crossover in, in a even more significant way than a character jumping ship right no another. right more than just that a prisoner swap <laughs> essentially i mean yeah i guess i guess so i mean according to to andrew lincoln yeah it's like i was in prison no, i'm kidding <laughs> i was in a 10-year sentence away from my kids what kind of life is this i'm kidding Thanks. but but he is coming back so there you go there you go <laughs> that's official he's coming back the one thing that people aren't talking about is the fact that he's coming back who rick i think so uh, you know it's one thing to go away but it's another thing to come back i think they i think a lot of people do feel like he's coming back i've spoken to different people and they do feel it's like yes he's gonna come back i think he's gonna come back maybe now but the feeling that i got from from all this was that people were more pissed off that he was going and like it being the show's fault or something like that than really talking about the positive because i think they haven't made it through the looking glass like they're they're still focused on the fact that he's leaving and like I don't want to watch 
watch the show anymore or various dumb reactions. Right. But those of us who are through the looking glass, even the us, like we're not thinking of, first of all, if he's coming back and then how. Right. I'm I'm there, but I, I haven't seen many like-minded uh, ideas no, I know. that come on that, on that front. No, I don't think a lot of people are thinking about that, but because I think a lot of people are just kind of like in the shock phase that this is going to happen and just sort of like not sure of like how this is going to happen. How is it gonna, They're just so fixed on how how is this going to happen? How is this going to go down more than anything else? Right, right. And we're already kind of talking about how he's coming back. Right. <laughs> we're already <laughs> so, past that. Yeah, we're, we're kind of past that. Like, I, we're, I think no matter what, he's coming back. Yeah. I think it's going to be just a nice huge break for him to kind of either take... Yeah, recenter or maybe even just do nothing for a little while. That would be fine. Yeah. But, but yeah, I just don't see a world in which The Walking Dead can continue without him coming back, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I think it's very rare that you have a show where you have your main character killed off and you just continue. I just think that that's too hard to do. So I don't think that you can write him out completely. Oh, like Heath. (laughs) Well... And he's coming back too. Yeah, but the signs of that he's taking a, a little too long of a break, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, he's taking his time. Heath is a whisper. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I don't know. No, you think? I'm, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing it out there. Because you know, the second you say somebody is a whisper, the first word I'm going to think of is rape. So I, uh, mean, I know that's the first word you have to think of. Honestly, it is the first thing I think of when I think of the whispers because it's so different from any other group. Right. Like it's it's a bizarre. bizarre Sex technique yeah. it's just ugh. but it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for Heath to have been captured by the whispers mm, that's true that's true oh. when we last saw him we saw him on a bike or, or definitely like he was on some sort of vehicle that had taken off with him and all that was left was that card with PPP I think it was well, we didn't see him being taken off in a vehicle did we I think it just I think it was I just think, the card I don't remember I gotta take a look at that again the only time we thought that it might have been him was when and Alana saw Alana Master Alana Master uh, Tara mm-hmm. Tara saw the back of what he thought was Heath's head and it was a, really a walker right. and it wasn't him at all but then other than that she turns around and sees the it was like a note on a windshield right yeah I think it was I don't know if it was on the floor I don't remember mm. by the way how has Tara made it as far as she has <laughs> right how lucky is it? oh you know what Speak, yeah, I, honestly I, like yes that's a good question to kind of ask but really <laughs> there's no good answer mm-hmm. but then it makes me think about Dwight Ah, that's right. We can't forget about Dwight. They didn't really show him in the trailer nope. at all. Nope. Hmm. It makes me think, do you think that he's going to have a role at any point in the season? God, that's such a good question. You because know, I, you mentioned that there is Sherry has a role. She does. She does have a role. And I, I, I completely forgot about that. You're welcome. Thanks. Sherry does play a role. <laughs> and she's out there. When we left off, he goes to their house and sees that she left a, a note and drank the beer and the, the pretzels or whatever. So. So he's comforted to know that she's still alive and she still goes back there. So I think that she's still alive. I think that she'll still be around to what capacity? I don't know. I don't remember how involved she is during the whole whisper period or if she is more of a presence after or before. She doesn't play like a huge role, but she definitely steps up and becomes a more prominent player and everything. Right. But she's going to come back. This is my thing. Anybody who goes out in the woods and it's like, oh, we don't know. They disappeared. They're still out there. Yeah, they're just like waiting in the wings yep exactly well in terms of production <laughs> of the show but yeah i think that covers everything that i had marked down for what's to come i yeah i'm surprised at how much we covered with the way we were kind of darting back and forth between points uh, yeah as far as the trailer goes for 
SDCC. I don't have too many crazy notes. Yeah. Don't you get tired of acting like you're in charge? Don't you? Mm-hmm. Rictatorship yeah. 2.0? Yeah. <laughs> Although it doesn't seem like it's going to be that way, but no. Everybody practically confronts Rick about leadership. Yes. By the way, from Maggie, from Daryl, and I think even Michonne talks I think, about yeah, it. I think, Mich- yeah, Michonne has a point where she talks to him like, weren't I don't you going to give the, the shit up? I don't think these groups are able to get along. Too much has kind of gone down. Oh, yeah. She says exactly this. She says, just as they show the sign on the Savior's wall, Savior, Savior save us, we are still Negan. Mm-hmm. She says to Rick, if they can even move on. Right. That's very interesting. Which is why I kind of say, oh, this is going to be like the politi- the politics season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, how people get tribal and communication breaks down and, and all that. Because it seems like, again, like it seems like they're getting along. And then, I, like I said, I, I'm that's why I'm predicting Lord of the Flies. Yeah. As things just start breaking down. Maybe not in the same way as Lord of the Flies, but mm-hmm. tribes start to form and people have to pick sides and, and all that stuff. So mm. the only thing I had was like, okay, we'll see more of Enid. It seems like it feels like we're going to. Yeah. It is something that we said that there is a possibility that Enid plays the role of, of Carl and maybe it's a male on the other side or something like that. Or mm-hmm. it, So those things. I, yeah, but as far as that goes, I'm done with that. And then there's the Talking Dead preview show, which we mentioned about Yvette Nicole Brown, but mm-hmm. things like Jesus will fight again. The Hilltop having a lot of power because of their ability to produce. Right. It seems like they have a leg up on production because mm-hmm. of expert farmers. And Maggie's kind of an interesting one because wh- whereas we thought she would be the alpha, it seems to me that she is juggling between wanting a better world with her child while right. still dealing with the feelings of Negan having survived and not getting mm-hmm. leadership and, and all that stuff. Right. So I was kind of actually in like my good hearted way, I was kind of hoping that having a child would get her to see some sense. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad they're following that in a way because it wouldn't make much sense to look, you're a mom, right? Indeed. And do you think that part of the way you saw the world change when you had kids in terms of the way you act in the world? 100%. Your level of priorities and your viewpoint and how you process things are just different. Things that were a big deal before are not so much now. Even in terms of stamina and, and rest, obviously it's not there when you're a mom, clearly. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that I used to get far more, I want to say, emotional or riled up over certain things mm-hmm. than I do now. Whereas now, things that potentially would have been like a bigger deal to me now, I just kind of shrug off. It's like, eh, whatever. That's like, the world. It's not, yeah, it's, it's not the end of the world and it's not really worth my time because the other thing is too is like, my time is very limited and or your attention even my attention is very limited so I'm not going to right and I'm not going to waste it on something that really is doesn't deem it so or if it does it just it just burns you out it's like I've got other things to do like I've got way other way more important things to do that potentially could burn me out so I need to save my energy and devote it to those things and not waste my time and energy and effort on something that's just like pursuing outrage you know like why get involved in so many of these different things. Right, exactly. I focus on our little brood, our family life and, and that sort of thing. But when it comes to like petty disagreements that I sometimes even notice, I'm like, you know, why even bother? Like, why why do you even care? I don't. I'm the first one to say I don't care. Yeah. You know? And you or know like, what? Or when things get really riled up and emotional at work, I'm like, mm, I don't care. At the end of the day, it's, it's you're not curing cancer. You're not saving a life. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, if yeah. I'm saving yeah. a life, if a life hangs in the balance, it's a very oh, yeah. story. Of course. But if that's not the case, make like Frozen and let it go. (laughs) 
Let it go. <laughs> and then take that, Maggie. Yeah. And, and this is what we were talking about. So we were trying to touch on that. When Are you it comes a fan to, of Maggie? See, that's the thing. That, and that's kind of the point that I was going to make. Because the problem that I was having with her being alpha was part of this. Mm-hmm. How does anybody justify making her alpha when she does end up having a kid? And we know that she's going to have this right, kid. Right, right. And I, I think I tried to kind of touch on that in, la- in that episode. And then we mm-hmm. just kind of got wrapped up in the, in the excitement of season nine. But I'm glad this is happening the way it is. And me discussing it with you on your level and your personal level because it's much more convincing to me that something in, inside her changes to where her priority of trying to either like overthrow Rick or being outraged over Negan surviving mm-hmm. something in her has to deprioritize this intent yes. and not something the thing the kid right so that now I can be a better fan of Maggie and in fact the whole idea of the power struggle not the power struggle per se but like more of like okay look you promised me leadership positions but what it seems to me and this is another point that I make in my notes is that what it seems to me is that Rick kind of takes more of a federalist ap- approach to leading mm-hmm. so like single figurehead almost and then you know breaking it down in tiers kind of like Negan right mm-hmm. top heavy whereas in trying to centralize powers which is kind of more authoritarian right mm-hmm. and I don't think he means it for to be authoritarian and maybe the scenes in the cell between he and Negan maybe they're both rubbing off on each other mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. Rick telling him all the nice things and all the, the, the cooperation that they're having is, is one way but then Negan Negan whispering in Rick's ear, basically saying, I'll believe it when I see it, the way I ran, ran things, things ran more efficiently, blah, blah, blah. And I think maybe Rick maybe takes some of that to heart, saying mm-hmm. we got to show them. And, and even Michonne trying to say there's got to be punishment, and blah, blah, blah. I mm-hmm. think she said that. Uh, I'm not sure. But So in my notes, I said also that I think there's going to be a struggle between a lean towards more federalism and a lean towards more confederalism. Mm-hmm. Not in the extremes, but there's going to be like, okay, states' rights, which is like the individual communities make their own rules, and then maybe there are be some some rules between communities that they can all abide by mm-hmm. whereas with Rick mm-hmm. it'll be like it's more top down there'll be rules that all community there are many rules that all communities abide by and then whatever tiny bits of changes that each community wants and to me that's fascinating that's fine you know I yeah. like I like these kinds of ideas how they kind of pull back and forth it kind of takes the show to the next level mm-hmm. and not just kind of like Negan Negan the way Negan does things versus the way Rick's crew does things you know that sort right. of thing right going back to Maggie it makes Maggie likable again again in terms of being more excited to see how that works out because then I can be interested because then I can see the struggle that she's going to have mm-hmm. between the kid between Negan surviving and, and then dealing with that but then also dealing with leading a successful community that should probably be a little bit more autonomous right they mm-hmm. have earned it mm-hmm. the key to the future that was all her and yeah. her deciding to trust she deserves the credit for that Rick wouldn't mm-hmm. have done that Rick would have murdered Georgie oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. put her sticky and, and doofus oh, God. Yeah, and pickles Pickles McGee again so I'm interested I'm interested in Maggie again I was not looking forward to seeing her in the next season given the last interactions mm-hmm. which have to stick out in everybody's head oh yeah absolutely. Know, that, that stuff can't go away you know? no I sincerely doubt that yeah so there you go we could tackle Fear the Walking Dead fairly quickly though all I was thinking was was Sharknado <laughs> watching that it was all Sharknado to me I was like wow look at those walkers fly and then I started thinking like oh I wonder what happens like what if what if it like hit if it hit you accidentally you know it's like flying through the air and then it just kind of hits you like how does that work yeah and how much of these things yeah. weigh? there is like a physics issue like like how much sure. do these things really weigh right because so much yeah. of their mass is lost during movement or during decomposition so it's- so i feel like they could have delved into some serious stuff in that trailer and i was still in my mind i was still fixating on flying walkers mm. oh see I, I kind of i like the voiceover i like i liked a couple things so let's dial it back a little on the on the actual exposition and, mm-hmm. and figuring things out the one thing that 
this trailer does really well is include all these funny goddamn songs. Yes. Okay. This, that definitely was very unnerving. Not in a bad way, but I'm just saying like, I always find it interesting when you have these sort of like situations that scream one scenario and you have these songs that very much juxtaposition. <laughs> like, it's all so quiet. I love that song, the, but the Bjork. Um, the Bjork version? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like the original though. It's, it, they kind of like flesh it out a little bit. It's the original. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's, actually, this one's not the the original original. Mm-hmm. By the way, this is kind of like an in between that and Bjork. So oh, okay, so, yeah. So there's that, and then there's Etta James's version of Stormy Weather. Yes. So that's how hilarious is that? Between that and Take Me to the River, Al Green. Yes. Which, by the way, if you go to the tune, what's it called? A tune site, whatever, it, to find out what songs play in the shows, yes. they list the Billy Bass version. It is not the Billy Bass version. They replace the Billy Bass Bass version with the Al Green version. So look it up. Ah, <laughs> fascinating. Yeah, they're all wrong. They're all totally wrong. Um, and so just so you know, it also kind of brings me to a little bit of the season nine trailer for The Walking Dead because mm-hmm. the music they use in that intro, I mean, I am definitely going to be using in the background. I mean, not to blow my spot, but that <laughs> is definitely going into this show. Yeah. So you've already heard it there by the time go. we release it later. So there you go. There you have it. Uh, and I've got a little bit of surprise. So for you, because by the time we edit this show, mm-hmm. it will have played at the beginning of, of the top of the, the show, but there's this guy called Gentle Bruce. It's one word. Mm-hmm. He makes this synth remake of the Walking Dead theme. Really? Yeah, so that ha- will have already played at the beginning if we are doing the editing later Ooh. on and, and editing the show for posterity later on. So you're going to listen to that. You'll be like, damn, this is pretty cool. Wow. And, and not only that, I got permission from, from him. Really? Yeah, I reached out to him and he said, yeah, totally, you could use it. And like, you'll hear it in, in the uh, finished version of this uh, episode. So that's going to be kind of cool. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. So I'm working on it. I'm working on the music. By the by, the time you hear this in the pod in uh, like iTunes or Google Play Music or whatever SoundCloud, you you will have already heard it. But you know, there you go. Hustling all the time. Yeah. But there are some key things in the trailer that that are worth paying attention to. Mm-hmm. So behind the scenes, Andrew Chambliss is saying the core of this season is really going to be. You would think that you know after that campfire scene, they're eating noodles and stuff like that. That the the group just moves on. But they're going to be making it clear that the group has a hard time moving forward which I think is very interesting it definitely does break away from what we would normally see in a show mm-hmm. where you feel like things have resolved or they've made it through and now they can relax they don't there's basically guilt there's blame mm-hmm. and then people are just kind of purposeless because I mean you, f- you figure out that like along the way when they're finally through and things are over oh we lost people right and now we have to deal with that like with Luciana losing Nick she hasn't had time to grieve for Nick of course she's upset in the moment but she can't they're, they're on this path of vengeance and that path of vengeance ended suddenly so it's kind of like they're not letting it go a la frozen they're not going to let it go in their own different ways and i think also by the way the bog thing has mm-hmm. not been brought up for maggie, mm-hmm. uh, maggie grace althea mm-hmm. remember mm-hmm. those tapes those yeah. are definitely going to be coming oh up. for sure absolutely they haven't, they haven't come up yet yeah i agree so there's there's that whole thing that we know of mm-hmm. and then with mo, mo collins coming on the show and it looks like a, a couple of other characters coming on one of whom seems to be the one of the guys that are coming on and seems to be in trouble really early on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dude with the beard who we friended on Instagram but whatever <laughs> yeah so yeah I mean Mo Collins having that comic relief slightly we did see some of that in the trailer so I'm kind of looking forward to that because I think the show does need more lighthearted moments still the show has had made a really good effort of like you know Jenna Elfman being in comedy and her not having any comedic bits practically but then John right. Dory being able to do a couple of things 
I know. Garrett Dillahunt. Mm-hmm. So that's really great. But then Mo Collins coming on the show and Mo Collins and Jenna Elfman are pretty good friends. And, and it's going to be kind of interesting seeing Jenna Elfman being like this deadpan person and then Mo Collins kind of being like, Meh. you know, like yeah. having that comedic character to play off of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many of the guys on this show are, have comedic backgrounds too. So it's kind of, right. kind of interesting. So part of all of that is the search for what a home might resemble too. Sure. So with all their personal dramas, they're all kind of figuring out how do we live? Mm-hmm. Do we even want to live with each other? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's pretty interesting. I think when the first half of Fear the Walking Dead came to a close, didn't it feel like a part of you was kind of like, where do they go from here? Right. Right? Where can this go? Yeah. Like there's no in, there's no threads left to follow. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of walking into this thing with just just a trailer. Yeah. Doesn't absolutely. that make you kind of a little uncomfortable? Yeah, I, mean, I, I do. I mean, and you not having the comic to back it up. That's, no, that's exactly. got to be something too. Right. It's like, I don't know where the hell this is going. Right. Discomfort. Discomfort, yeah. Whereas even in The Walking Dead, you know, okay, let's say you didn't even read the comic. There are things left over. Heath, Dwight, the, the last scene with Maggie and and, and Daryl and, and the, the idea of a time jump, Shane Walsh coming on board. So your mind can go places. Mm-hmm. But when you really don't have anything to go on with Fear the Walking Dead, really nothing. Except yeah. for the Bog tapes for Althea, nothing. There's yeah. nothing. <laughs> yeah. So in a way, it's discomforting but in another way let's just do this you and me agree on one thing they uh-huh. gave us a pretty damn good first half right yeah okay absolutely so, so let's remember that going into the second half because I know when you look at the trailer it's kind of ridiculous in a mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. walkers in the wind walkers in the wind yes. singing in the that's that what they sort of thing sing, singing <laughs> that's what that's they should have done actually they maybe they'll put that in this in this episode ah there you go <laughs> I'll just you know what I'll just keep putting finding songs about rain and wind here comes the rain again by the eurythmics <laughs> oh instrumental philharmonic version there you go yeah sure i'm only happy when it rains <laughs> synth pop version there's we can keep on going oh weird al let's find a weird al version of something involving rain oh my god forgot about weird al another another one um rides the another bus one, another one rides the bus yeah <laughs> That was jarring. <laughs> or, or maybe dare to be stupid. <laughs> I, don't like, know, right? I don't know. No, I mean, in my mind, I was like, this is just Kirkman fucking with everyone because he's a Weird Al fan. Secretly. Oh, yeah. Hey, what if that does show up in season nine, though, somehow? I know. They'll play like a fake out of what the future sort of is, but is not at all. But they'll still have the song. Of all things in the apocalypse, Weird Al survives. Yeah, we, the Weird Al song survives and makes it through. <laughs> Carl doesn't. Oh, <laughs> Shoot. Sad. No Al Festival. Mm-mm. No. Not happening. Not happening. But Weird Al, that's timeless. Oh. <laughs> timeless. So here's the other thing. Along with a hurricane comes the flood, right? So you have this yes. hurricane, there's damage, blah, people get scattered, people are apart, it seems like, right? Mm-hmm. But then afterwards, you have all this water everywhere. So now you have two hazards. Yes. You have walkers that are going to be in the water, right? And airborne. And- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I keep Incoming. going Incoming. Well, I mean, afterwards. Afterwards. Right. Well, maybe in trees, right? <laughs> They'll just fall on you. Trees falling from the trees, yeah. But then you have the gators, it seems like. like like all these these animals yeah. that will come in from the swamps, the bayous. Well, the... that was the big concern in um, Texas when they had the floods. Oh God! That was the bigger concern was uh, all the um, all the wildlife <laughs> in the waters. And, and I mean wild. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's a genuine concern when you don't have all the technology, no sonar, mm-hmm. the, whatever. Yeah. <sighs> 
So what did you think about the narration? Was that Mo Collins's voice? I wasn't quite sure because then there was an other older looking hobo looking person who was also there. No, because I, I don't know what to make of her. So I, I'm like, because she had said something to, I guess, Morgan or I forget mm-hmm. who it was. Oh, you be careful. Yeah, it was Morgan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you be extra careful. She, I said, was, but was the woman in the background that was narrating throughout the mm-hmm. the trail, was that Mo Collins? Was it this woman? If it's Mo Collins, that's a little more interesting because is there a darker ca- character that's egging them on? that's kind of nudging them mm-hmm. in this darker direction towards their dark side along with all this other stuff that they're trying to deal with mm-hmm. again the guilt and the and the maybe the the hurt feelings from the other people and you know and, and their purpose being kind of thrown to the wind so then there's this other character that eggs them on and part of me was kind of like is this like the whispers maybe I don't, I don't know hmm. I'm not thinking for sure but I'm just like I thought the whispers in the other show right John Dory being John Dory ever steadfast trying to rally the troops as always he doesn't really crack at all mm. that's really all I got I mean we, we really managed to get through everything I think we really did Ugh, I think that's everything on my list I'm just very excited to finally get back into walker season basically get our into po- it our podcast groove again podcast groove again getting into it again yeah I agree I think this was a good way of and kind of a radical way to kind of get back into things mm-hmm. doing a live stream when we have never done a live stream before I know <laughs> So how about this? With that, everybody, I think um, we could call it a night. I think so. So Looking forward to the new season. I think they're going to come out with more teasers, I hope. I think so. We'll get more little pieces. Probably in the next month, probably like September, let's say, or late September leading Mm -hmm, up. mm -hmm. And then I guess the only thing left to say is I guess we'll talk to you guys next week about the mid-season premiere of Fear the Walking Dead. Absolutely. So until then, everybody, we'll catch you later and uh, have fun fun on Sunday night. Yep. Let's do this again sometime. (gasps) So exciting. See you next time. (laughs) Later, guys. Okay. You still there? Nope. All right. It's just us chickens. Oh, I'm still recording here. Obviously. Bye, guys. Ah.